<laughs> yeah, what a hot start to the day. <laughs> we got my boy Sam McKee in studio. He's like, the the kid was at the RBC Canadian Open. Was how many feet were you from the putt? Hundred. Mm, Are we calling it the putt? Yeah, what are we I calling it the putt. Yeah, yeah, the putt. Yeah, I was really close. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know how much you want me to get into this right away, but it was pretty well, unbelievable. I definitely want to get into it because I, man, Nance said on the broadcast that it was one of Can- the, like Canadian. One of the greatest Canadian sporting moments of all time. Mm-hmm. And, of course, when you hear that stuff, I'm just a contrarian in general. I'm like, ah, come on. Like, that's well, no, you're Anytime someone says that, your back goes up. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And especially when it's American who yeah. says it. All yeah. due respect yeah. to yeah. the great Jim Nance. Yes. It's, it, it just, you, I texted him about it. Yeah, it? did you? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but you came in this morning, and I, I've been worried about the pod. I don't know what we're going to get from you. We're about to see if McKee is LeBron James flipping nah. the switch for the playoff. 100%. Because he's been sulking. Or, like, this man has been barely awake walking around, just squeezed his coffee everywhere oh, before yeah. we started. I think maybe that actually gives you a little bit of energy. That the coffee, <laughs> the coffee perked no, you up, it all over the desk. I'm ready to rock. I'm you saving I... my energy for the show. Yeah, attaboy. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. you got to conserve. Everyone's come talk up. to everybody about everything? Buddy, no. that was the thing. Everybody's flying around you going, hey, yeah. Sammy, just tell yeah. us about How the was, Hey, 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 all, <laughs> all the gnats. You got to swat them away. You got to save it for the podcast. So, okay, but that's what I'm saying. Nats yeah. says that moment. But here's what I'll say. Yeah. One... It definitely felt like a major watching it on television, mm-hmm. especially once, man, I thought for sure when Fleetwood birdies on 17, you go, oh, this thing's done mm-hmm. because 18 is playing so friendly to everybody. Yeah. Everyone's birdie. And then he makes two crucial mistakes and you're sitting there going, oh my God, is he going to win with the, the six? Yeah. And I went a deep, like a little part of me went. I, I, as bad as I want Nick Taylor to win this tournament, once he put it there, I didn't want to have it end with... Nick Taylor not walking it off because that putt was so brilliant. We get this playoff. Fleetwood has chance after chance. You're sitting there like sweating it out, right? Going absolutely nuts. When he made that putt, when Hadwin makes the putt. I have one. Hadwin got tapped. Sorry. When Nick Taylor makes the putt, we've been talking about Hadwin basically all morning. That's that's the only bad thing for Nick Taylor is that Hadwin kind of stole his moment with a potentially bigger highlight. Like, which does more views, the putt or the tackle? close. Yeah, I know. It's going to be razor thin. I've never jumped up. I've never celebrated a moment in golf the way that I did when that putt went in. Yeah, so if you want to do the contrarian thing, like we had a guy literally win the Masters. Yes, and that's number one, but this is is two. Right? Like, and everybody's saying over the top, like, oh my God, this is the greatest Canadian golf moment or whatever. We're. Yeah. But like, that is for just a singular Canadian moment, that is amongst the greatest things that you'll ever witness. Like, it, it really is on the pantheon of that. And the great thing about it was, is not only did you get that moment Mm -hmm. where he hits the unbelievable 72 feet for Eagle, longest putt of his career to win his national Mm. open. Like there's moments like that. Like that's not many humans on earth get a moment like that. That's like one of the greatest moments of any human's life of all time for Nick Taylor. But like you get the moment before that on 18 where he sinks the putt to take the lead Mm -hmm. where he gets to where he gets in the house at 17, where he gets in front of Hatton at 16. So I like it was a real roller coaster of emotions because you think he's going to win. Like he hits that pot on 18 and everybody's unbelievable. He's going to win. He's going to win. So then me and Gunner, we walk back to the media center and then like the scuttlebutt's like, oh, Tommy's looking good. Tommy had a great drive on oh, 17. So you yeah, you went into the so media center. Into the you didn't track Tommy. And watched him hit his approach shot on 17. Which to was a, nasty. To a, you know, 
you know what length. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful shot. Yeah. Jars the pot, and then every, in the media center, it's just a hush falls over it. Everybody's well, yeah. Like, oh, God. And then, so then we run out to the 18th, obviously, to go to, and then, like, so you can't really see, 18's a long hole, so you can kind of see them off the tee, yeah. and you can see their second shot, and I'm, like, up against the, like, the hospitality tent, and they got, like, the little TV in there, so you, like, see the guy swing, and then, like, it's on delay, and then you can watch where it goes, and you see him hit it in the, in the bunk, in the, the cabbage, yeah. and the... The murmur starts like, oh, he's in yeah. the cabbage, he's in the cabbage. Everyone's like getting excited, getting excited. Hits a crappy second one. Like for him to even make a par from that second Insane. shot. No, it was, was really like, good. It's below him. Like that yeah. was a ridiculous shot. It was amazing just to feel like the swings and emotion because there's so many times I thought it was over for Nick. A hundred percent. The When he hit the on the first playoff hole, when, he, when Tommy hits that stones putt, which is this such an incredible moment. I thought, Nick, there was no way that he could rise that occasion. It was still such a tester. It was downhill. Huge moment. The second playoff hole, you know, it was a bit of a pillow fight on the second playoff mm-hmm. hole. They go to the the, ni- uh, the the ninth, which is part of three. Tommy, yet again, has a makeable putt to win. Like, man, it was unlike anything. The scene there with going back and forth between those holes, it was crazy, man. See, I, I think Tommy on 18, when yeah. he had the chance to win and blew yeah. it, yeah. If, if you were watching on television, you could see his body language was horrific. Yeah. The guy was in, he was, his brain was in shambles as our buddy <laughs> likes to say. Dude, it was bad. And he, his caddy even, right as he was going to make the approach, was going, wait, 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 before he did one yeah, shot. Yeah, he hummed and they, it hot. Yeah, they, and they did a, a lot of talking oh, yeah. before it. And I went, oh, this just, it felt like it really took him out of his rhythm. Yeah. And I thought you saw that play out with some of those putts because yeah. that's, that's the story that no one's going to tell about this thing is that he choked big time. Well, no, he, the thing is with Tommy Fleetwood, like, and he had we three talk- chances to win. We're talking about the, like, with all the golf media and, like, all the people who've been following golf for a very long time, we're yeah. all like, the perfect guy to have in this spot is Tommy <laughs> Fleetwood. Like, Tommy Fleetwood has exclusively done this exact thing his whole career where he's had, like, huge chances and gagged. Mm-hmm. And it was like, like the, I was talking to this guy, Chris Seafry, who's one of the photographers, one of the best guys. He's like, guys, like, it's Tommy Fleetwood. Like, this is no lock birdie when he was coming up 18, and he didn't. Like, we have to thank him. Yeah. He is a huge part of he this is. moment. He had multiple really good chances. He led the field in putting this week, Yeah. and he missed. Wow. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> he was number one in putting, and he missed multiple really makeable birdie yeah. putts to win the golf tournament. Dude, he... It was he was the perfect guy yes. also, not just because of the chokerism, mm. but because he was just a big enough name where it gives even more validity to Nick Taylor. Yeah, he didn't right? need some jobber. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It wasn't someone that everyone else went, yeah. I don't know who this is. Yes. Because the field wasn't incredibly deep this weekend. Mm-hmm. It was it was there were some names. Yeah, there it was, was like, like five or six yeah, great guys. Exactly. Yeah. But it was not a incredibly deep field. No. And there were some dudes that ha- were hanging around like, man, if it was Pan, I was like, I've never heard yeah. of this guy before. I don't know who this guy <laughs> is. Hunter actually said that to me. He's like, What would this crowd look like if it was CT Pan? Yeah. This playoff. That, like, I'll be like, it would be a little thinner. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. The fact that it was a guy yeah. that has a name, yeah. you went, oh, this makes it feel better. Mm-hmm. He, he was British. 
it it just made it easier to hate them, you know? It was it was it was easier to hate the the colonizer, you know? It was just I was I really good. The War of 1812. Man, going on it was great. And the my favorite part, my favorite tweet of the entire event was someone tweeted the image of Shooter McGavin where he's kicking the beach ball off oh, the yeah. course and he's yeah. like, "What's wrong with you people? This Go is back golf. Go back to your shanties." <laughs> because the Canadians were definitely in full yeah. shanty mode. They were yelling. One guy actually yelled during Taylor's backswing oh, yeah. on one of the shots where I went, oh my God, man, this is this That's is getting... It was an untamable yeah. atmosphere. Dude, the running back and forth Buddy. between... I thought there was going to be videos of people tripping. I well, thought there was going to be... That security guard, no wonder he was all primed up yeah. for the Adam Hadwin tackle because he was probably getting ready for, what, how many patrons that had probably crossed a little bit of can, a line during that? Can I that? tell you that yeah. on the from the 18th to the 9th when we went back for the third playoff hole, like, like it was a mad scramble, right? Yeah. And... <laughs> There was a lot of people running top speed along like a wet ass pavement. Yeah. And there was like people crisscrossing. And I was like, I got to get out of this line of fire. People were just no regard for human life. <laughs> 15 Sleeman's D yeah, on their horse. Like I was like, you guys are the, you guys are better athletes than these golfers. Yeah. for not falling. Like you're full horse on it. But like I had inside the ropes, but inside yeah. the ropes, tur- Quickly turned to yeah, outside the nothing. ropes. Like, yeah. it was just like, the, it was a schmozzle of people. It was unbelievable. So, yeah. Oh, man. No, it was just a perfect. It was a really yeah. perfect event. Yeah. It was a playoff. It was a name. It was mm-hmm. a guy who had opportunities who didn't take advantage of them. You get a signature, two really signature moments mm-hmm. from Nick Taylor who breaks the curse. He was also just the right Canadian guy to do it. This wasn't some, okay, I'm not, I'm not insinuating anything about any of the other Canadian golfers that were there who were all excited for him, mm-hmm. but this guy is using a toonie as a ball marker, yeah. right? He's full-blown cares about Canada guy. Yeah, they all do, though. I, I'm not, I wasn't saying yeah. that the golfers yeah. don't. I'm yeah. just saying that we've had many Canadian athletes in the past mm-hmm. where we go, they're Canadian, and then those guys are kind of like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I you guess. Know? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I've been living in the States for a lot of my life, mm-hmm. and yeah, I guess so. It's all right. It's nice. You could tell that this guy hugely gave a crap that those golfers hugely gave a crap that in the post game scrum when he was talking or the media conference when he was talking about breaking the curse and what it meant to all the other golfers well, and going through the I don't know who it was that asked him it was an excellent question it was like hey man like do you how does it feel that people are going to be talking about this like in the same breath as like Sidney Crosby's goal and like you know that's that, too far. see that's and gone like, too far and he's like the I think what maybe it was the bat flip he said like other things yeah. like other Canadian sports moments and like this, like look came over his face, and he's like, "I don't know how to answer that." Yeah, like he was like, it was almost like panic set in that yeah. he's like, "I'm not ready for that." Like it was like, "Oh my god, it's true." Like obviously not golden goal, but like no. you know, in it's in the you know it's in the top five of Canadian sports moments to have that, and he's just like, "Oh my god," he's like, "I was watching that game with my college buddies." Like, we you just, think it's top five Canadian yeah, sports I moments? I, I don't know. Do. Well, first of all, you got to break these things up in a time because you never saw you know, like Paul Henderson score in the Summit Series. Yeah. And so it's it, you can't put it into the same breath as those things. You can't put it into, like, Donovan Bailey winning a 100-meter death. Yeah. Like, there's way, there's way more things. Like, the hyperbole of this thing has gotten give a little... 10. Give me top 10. I, I can't. I can't even give oh, you top yeah, 10. Yeah, it's, it's top 10. It's a non-major. 100%. It's a non-major, and it's an awesome moment. And it's, it's the a, third oldest golf tournament in the world. Yep, and it's it was a very, very cool moment. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if you really took some time and you went through the checklist of yeah. different things, like... And and is when we're talking about moments, right? Mm-hmm. Do you how do you val- evaluate that versus like 
accomplishments like Steve Nash winning two times at two MVPs in a row as a Canadian, yeah. right? I think, well, How it's do, not a moment. Yeah. I think it's accomplishments, moments like that putt is a moment. A moment okay. would be like one play. Sort yeah. Of thing. Okay. That, so that we're saying is, in the one moment pantheon, buddy, that's a very high on the list. Yeah. That's a top 10 moment. I, I think that it's tough buddy, because it's of Olympics. 72 foot yeah. eagle putt in front of. I can't say that it's not top 10. Yeah. I will not leave this room I, you, saying it's not top you 10. You can't. It, you can't. And I'll, here, I'll give you if it's moments right now yeah. that we'll put it there. It's just that, man, really go through and think about great Olympians that this country has had. For sure. And great Olympic moments. But I will say this. In terms of golf, to me, it's number two with a bullet. I've never been so excited watching something. Mm. You know, Dude, you know me. I do not care about non-major tournaments yeah. in golf. Yeah. They do not register with me. It does not matter who's there unless it's Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. If Tiger Woods shows up and he's at a non-major and he's on the back nine and he's got a chance to win, I'll turn it on. Anybody else? When he's like, oh, it's Rom, and I'm like, do not care. Do not care. This was... <laughs> I was completely glued. I was fascinated. There was even a part of me that when it was over and he hit the putt, I was elated it was done, of course, and that he had won. But you know when you've been just dialed into something awesome oh, yeah. for a little while? Like, now yeah. what? Exactly. Like, why, why is there an NBA spo- game on Yeah, today? exactly. What yeah. am I supposed to do? I'm I'm just trapped here. I'm not going to watch Mariners Angels now. You know, you just, know a little Red Sox Yankees No, it just, yeah. it, it, it just was not doing it for me. But, yeah, man, it was an incredible moment. Yeah. I loved it. And huge swing for golf, too, in terms of – Having something other than live tour debates, mm-hmm. I texted, I don't, I think I talked to Ben about this, not you, mm-hmm. how if Rory McIlroy would have won mm-hmm. and he was the three-peat guy, it wouldn't have been about that. It would have been about how Liv and Rory yes. and all this different stuff carrying through. So we were talking about like how happy is Rory that he didn't win this golf tournament? Like he just like got on a plane and he's like, I am out of here. Think he tanked it? But he, no. 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 <laughs> yeah, well, he's, listen, oh, Roy McIlroy played bad on a Sunday? Yeah, oh, it's true. Tank. Yeah, it's true. No, but that's the thing. It's a perfect crime. No, <laughs> no, one, yeah. no one would ever suspect like, a thing. Like, even one of the, like, the Irish media guy that was there was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't, uh, didn't get to talk to him after. It's like, yeah, he was out of there. Yeah. Like, he did his thing before the tournament. Like, he, it was just. Well, nobody gone. got screwed harder by the no, merger. No, and he was just like, he, that press conference was, I've never seen a more yeah. beat down man. Oh, man. When he tried to do the whole, I still hate Liv. I, still I was hate like, the, oh, yeah, yeah, God, no, no, man. man. He yeah, he's like, that's no. Not, that's not talking about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude. <laughs> it's just the two, it's agree, it's agree pod here. No. We're just going to agree on hating on Rory. Yeah, yeah but that was a, yeah, that was a tough. little bit of yeah, a tough one. Was, but I felt bad for him. Of course. Because, How can you not? Yeah, he was in an impossible position, and he was the guy that got screwed screwed the most because they went out there and told him to be the champion for years. And then all of a sudden they went, actually, we don't have the you see, money. You see this, this carpet? Yeah, cool. exactly. <laughs> hey, get out there and talk about how you hate live. <laughs> get out there one more time uh, and tell the people. Anyway, I thought that that was perfect. Yeah. I thought it was an awesome, awesome Sunday. It was a perfect way to cap it. I loved that there was a little bit of rain, that there was the drama, that there was the crowd, that it was boozy, that it was loud, oh, yeah. that well, it that, felt a little unhinged. Feels, that feels like, you know, as uh, the reputation of the Canadian Open now is like, it's rowdy. Like it's, waste, a, it's, it's it's like right under waste management, it's right? It's rowdy. Like that wrinkle. I mean, I I had opportunities on Sunday unlike anybody in the world gets. It was truly mm-hmm. amazing. But like I walked up into the wrinkle with Nick Taylor. I'm like mm-hmm. right beside him and like the ovation, they're they're singing Oh Canada like they're on top of you. The chills that are running down my spine. It's like mm-hmm. thousands of people singing Oh Canada for a Canadian golfer who who's in the lead at the Canadian Open. And he hits a decent shot. He had a makeable putt, didn't make it or whatever. But like that wrinkle was better than the other wrinkles that I've seen because they had the boards all the way up and around, mm-hmm. and people were lubricated. Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> licked. Like, the amount of people like, how are you down there? Who are you? Like, 
hey, is that Sammy? I'm like, oh, oh God, I got to keep walking here. But, like, people were licked. The part that was interesting with the, the hockey hole was you could tell that everyone wanted to bang the board so badly oh, yeah. that the timing of it was... Guys, they you could just tell that yeah. they were just standing there like bang the drum guys, waiting, waiting, waiting. And, and, and if you were in your backswing, it'd be hard not to every once in a while take a glance over at some of the, the guys that were trying to hit it. Yeah, it was awesome. Really, it was. And so I think that it... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that it actually changes, I think, the, the tournament a little bit because sure. there's, there's a little bit of, it's right before the U.S. Open. A lot of guys don't come, right? Let's just be honest. They got to elevate it. A lot of guys don't come. It's not always at, let's just say, the greatest golf mm -hmm. courses that this country has to offer. Well, no, they wanted to be in the GTA. Yeah. Well. I mean, the center of the world, they wanted to be here. Which is fine because, yeah, yeah they have all the corporate in, sponsorships and, yeah. yeah, it's just guys flying in, whatever. Yeah. And, yeah, it's all right. But it's not exactly like you're looking at some of these courses at times and going, wow, this There's is majestic. Like There's four around here that host it, basically. Yeah. There's four that can, like, feasibly host it, and Oakdale's one of them, and they did a good job. Like, they they really did do a good job. Like, it grew on me over the week. Obviously, you have this moment there where it's just, like, it's enshrined. Yeah. Like, I was talking about it with one of the, like, the member guys Oh, it changes there. that course forever. They're, like, our members, like, yeah. this is, you had a feather in your cap. You're, like, yeah. you're, like, not only are you super rich and, you know, yeah. you love life because of that, <laughs> you now have it that the first time in the, like, I'm, uh, I'm proud, like, it's just, you'd be so proud that the first time it's happened was at your club. You imagine that? Yeah, like, like that's yeah. such an incredible sense of pride that you get. There's going to be some rich people having wine, little dinner parties, having wine. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be a lot of liars being like, and I got this. This is from Taylor's round. This is a tea that he used. You know, oh, there's going to be a lot of those guys. This that is a piece of the green. Yeah, um, exactly. It's going to be a lot of that. Oh, I got one more thing on Tommy too, though. Oh, let me have it. Okay. So I understand that it's man-made. Mm -hmm. And I will admit that when he first dunked it into the crowd, Fleetwood. Oh, it's ridiculous that he that, gets a free drop. That, it's that, but scene. That drop where he got it it's to. Absurd. Was no, I insane. I know. I kept thinking, okay, he's gonna have to put it up against the. No, no, you get a club's length from the from the obstruction. <laughs> it's absurd, dude. But he hits the worst shot ever. of his life. Life choker shot blocks one a hundred yards right. I know. People are taking selfies with, with the ball, the ball. <laughs> and yeah. then it's like, yeah, sure, just. Put, it, drop, put hey, it in a comfortable spot yeah. and chip it up and make a birdie pot. Like, hey, buddy, insane. Wherever you want. Yeah, wherever so, you want. The, the thing that I thought of, though, with that is, okay, I understand that that's, uh, man, that's not a real part of the course. Mm -hmm. You know why it's not a real part of the course? Yeah. Because they're professional golfers. Yeah. And so they're supposed to be better than you the average. You know what would happen if that wasn't crowd. there? It would yeah. A hundred yards over in the crap. Exactly. Yes. And that's what was so frustrating to me watching that is I went, all right, I, I, I kind of get this. If it was maybe the other way, I would have been happy for Nick yeah. Taylor. But I was pissed off you in that moment. You should play it from up there. So, so, oh, Frankenstein's so, oh, fat foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it literally would have been a perfect off of Frankenstein's fat foot moment. No, it was awesome, man. Like I said, it was really, really, really one of my favorite moments in the last couple of years for sporting. Yeah. Like, yes, Raptors championship run, non-comparable. I will say that, yeah, Bianca and Drescu yeah. in the last couple of years, um, what else did we kind of have that was be Brooke Anderson's won a few majors. She won the Canadian Open yeah. in 2018. Like she's had some pretty big moments, but but, like, did, but she's never had a moment where it was a walk off 72 foot no, putt. No, that's no it. one's had that moment. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And I will say, like, it was a pretty you know the moment had definitely found its way to the other golfers. Mm -hmm. Like around the green, obviously there was the Canadian guys, but behind them, Justin Rose was watching. Yeah. Tyrell Hatton was standing there watching. Mark Hubbard was there. Oh with yeah, a couple the guys drinks. were dialed in. Everybody there like felt the gravity of this moment, yeah. and like were needed to be there. And obviously, 
Tyrell needed his English boys. I'm sorry, uh, Fleetwood needed his English boys, Tyrell and J- yeah. Justin Rose, to be there for him in case yeah. he did win. Yeah. So that he they could like rate, shower the <laughs> the beers flying down yeah, on him after he wins. True. But no, it was it was really cool just to see. And like I will say, like all like the inside the ropes people. So it was like you know all the people that work for Oakdale and yeah. all the people that work for like Lawrence Apple uh, Applebaum, the CEO of Golf Canada. The rain started, and everybody put their umbrellas up. Mm-hmm. So like, but they were kind of blocking the view of like the people that have been sitting Ooh. in 18 and boy like i heard he was like who do i have the umbrella you nerds yeah. put down your own. like they were getting eviscerated by people in the crowd as they and, should and i didn't i didn't even see the putt go in i just was like looking 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 and it was actually incredible <laughs> i yeah. heard like i just heard the crowd go nuts no i heard it going like yeah oh, the, oh. yeah like getting like more and more interested and then the moment it goes in, like I catch a tiny little piece of it, I see it disappear. And I like, that's a top five loudest I've ever heard. Like yeah. that was so loud. Like, cause you're not in a dome. Like you are nothing. Nothing will ever be louder than Encarnacion walk off. That's the loudest I've ever been. Yeah, in that was, that was so loud. It was an enclosed yeah. dome. Like it was the eruption and the purulation and like, me and Gunner literally like we hugged and like jumped up and down like four. Like it was yeah. insane. Like yeah. I've never gone like that. So it was pretty cool just to to have that moment, be on the screen side. Like I'm feeling really lucky today. Yeah, no, Truly. I was I was buzzing from it. Yeah. And even when I woke up this morning and I was doing the morning, because I'm not a morning person. No, I wake up, agreed. I got the grogs. Yeah, buddy, I'm you know? I'm still yeah. I'm still scrolling TikTok. I, 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 was, I was gonna say, I was gonna say I had the morning grogs. <laughs> the the grogs and I'm walking around going like oh God, I, my shoulder hurts. I hate everything. And then I went, I'm really pretty stoked to talk yeah. about Nick Taylor today. Yeah, and, and it just immediately perked me up to go, oh yeah, that was great. People yes. love that one. Nice. Okay, so last thing yeah. For, and you're going to come in and do podcasts yeah. only. I'm going to talk to Grange about the Raptors' new coach and the fact that Fred Van Vliet just opted out of his contract. And uh, the tweet that I saw didn't even have the Raptors as potential suitors for him, yeah. which wasn't great. I was like 17. Wasn't a great <laughs> list, but people were going, yeah, Raptors, don't trade Fred for those guys. Keep them for yeah. not anything. But okay. Please don't Any- talk about the trade deadline. Anyway, no, no, no. I was no. feeling good. But so, yeah, we're going to talk to Grange in a couple minutes. But did you see the Hadwin tackle? Of co- no, I didn't see it. Okay. No, but I was okay. just like. I was right there, didn't really see it. Like, I was too busy jumping up and down. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I, I hadn't made my way to the green yet. But, like, I will say, the conversation on the green with every person that I talked to was two things. That was unbelievable. Did you see the Hadwin tackle? Like, yeah. the first thing was, like, oh, my God, the putt. And then, like, very closely after was Hadwin. And, like, I think it's truly, it adds to the moment because having Hadwin get up and smile and just put his arm around no, the guy. No, Hadwin did it the if Hadwin had treated it any other yeah, way, he had to do that. It would have been the worst thing yeah. he could have done because he's already a golfer yeah. and already has that snooty. It made him look like the greatest exactly. guy. Exactly. So when he stood up and he was like, "Oh, no big deal." Yeah. After he got tackled Body into <laughs> wet grass, Ray Lewis. Man, yeah. he gets and he tackled. put his like arm back. Yeah, I know. And I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Imagine he, he like does sit- he play at U.S. Open? I don't know. I think he'd be playing at the U.S. Open. I would imagine. Okay, because I was gonna say that that would have been such a crazy story had he actually gotten hurt though too, and he was not able to. Part- Participate oh in the U.S. Open and a major. But like, of it. no, he just like he. He took just, it like a champ. It was quintessentially Canadian. Yeah, it was for, awesome for literally a guy to yeah. bury you to the ground yeah. and then be like, "Ah, it's all right, bud. Yeah, you're just doing your job. <laughs> yeah, you're doing your job. Which he was. Yeah, it was a greased up crowd. There were other people that made it over the ropes yeah. that didn't make it to the green. 
from security. Okay, I get that, but I will say this. The, the tip-offs would have been yeah, champagne yeah. bottles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, there's not too many guys in the crowd coming out with a champagne bottle. Get that in here. Yeah, exactly. That's why the security guard, it was a little bit, okay, I can see you not knowing who Adam Hadwin yeah, is in the moment, yeah. but a guy that got that close with yeah. a champagne bottle, you had to at least figure was a somebody, and that's why that was a risky move by that security and guard. Kevin, got, Kevin Blue, the chief, chief sport officer for uh, Golf Canada, yeah. had the bottle. He's like, I'm taking this to the Hall of Fame, oh, yeah, maybe. He's like, this is going to the Hall of Fame. Could you imagine, though, the feeling that security guard had when the guys were pulling him up going, that's a professional golfer, and he's laying on top of oh, him going, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> By the way, that bouncer, that security guard, all I'll say is, hey, he was just doing his job. He was all right. But the guy who does that and has that level of aggression right out of the gate, he's worked other events before. Somebody else watched that guy and had some PTSD thinking about <laughs> him pushing him off, him pushing somebody yeah. off a porch at a uh, bar or no, something. Yeah. That guy yeah. throwing him out a door. That's not the first time that that guy yeah. has uh, acted uh, that way. Yes. Uh, is my guess. This is a line yeah. of acts. I don't think that was the first time he yeah. decided to try out his tackle move. Anyways, we'll have Sammy Moore on the podcast only, some Jay stuff later. But first, let's take a break. Let's talk to Michael Grange. How do the Raptors come to this decision? Who is this guy? Uh, and what's going to be happening with Fred VanVleet? All next. Sportsnet 590. 590. The fan. Nick Taylor breaks the curse. The Blue Jays avoid a sweep. TFC got a draw that I saw. Mm-hmm. That really- <laughs> I could actually talk to you about TFC in the podcast today. <laughs> uh, Amanda Nunez retired. And the Toronto Raptors got a new head coach sort of just sort of came through the wire and was very all right a lot of people with pretty similar opinions on this which is yeah he's got an all right track record and uh he's an offensive minded guy he's had a decent track record in the nba but this wasn't exactly the splashiest sexiest name We were waiting for, I think, based on the the way that this process went, it started out as though the Raptors were the team that already had their coach, right? Mm. Like the team that, hey, they're waiting for Ime Odoka. They're going to have Ime. He's going to be the guy. It's basically sign, seal, delivered. He's Masai's buddy. And then he went to Houston. And from that point forward, it was sort of, um, okay, they're going to get a young coach. They're going to get someone that's pretty inexperienced. They're not going to go the Doc Rivers route. They're not going to go the Monty Williams route. They're going to go with a guy who is probably unproven, somebody new in the league. And that turns out to be Darko Ryakovic. Ryakovic. Who, yeah, listen, you're hiring. In the NBA, having the name Darko is tough. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a track record there. It's not the hottest start to things is me grabbing a guy named Darko in the NBA and saying, hey, we're really stoked about this. But yeah, the reaction from everybody, it, you, you can't really be too high on this. You also can't really be too low on this. And so it's just sort of, uh, I don't want to say uninspired because that's definitely not what this is, but it's not you, it's hard to be overly excited about this. I think there's a bunch of fascinating stuff that comes with it, though, which is like, okay, so they land on this coach. But how did he become the guy in a mix of a lot of assistant, like we heard Jordy Fernandez's name, Blake Murphy was really high on Mm. uh, Chris Quinn. We heard Becky Hammond. We heard splasher names. JJ Redick at one point was kicked around. The process seemed very much like 
hey, they were never dead set on anybody after mm-hmm. Inayadoka. That it was very wide open that there were like a lot of different people who they were truly examining. And so I guess my like ra- biggest point of curiosities with this thing is, man, how, you know, how high up the chain was this guy? What are the things that made him most attractive to the Toronto Raptors? The reporting early on, like if you go read Grange's piece, which is out up on sportsnet.ca right now, is that this guy's a good people person. He's a good connector. And he looks like a player development coach. And that's especially interesting given the fact that, you know, the Raptors traded their first round pick in this upcoming draft. Not this one, sorry, next year's draft. So that they look like they were going to be good. They've got a bunch of free agents that they're trying to bring back. And they went with an inexperienced head coach. A guy with zero track record as the head guy on a bench. He's also still got to fill out some of his other positions. And so that's going to be interesting to kind of monitor too, right? So this, this was never a huge name in terms of coach and waiting. This wasn't someone that had been kicked around the league for a very, very long time. Like even Jordy Fernandez, who still doesn't have a job, I don't think, the guy who ran the, the offense for the Sacramento Kings, mm-hmm. he had been really viewed as a sexy, this guy is going to be a next coach type of hire. Yeah. I'll, I'll admit that for me, I had never heard of Darko in terms of someone that was being really widely considered for a head coaching job. There were some other names that were, mm, yeah, splashier from an assistant standpoint than this guy was. So I really can't wait to hear from Grange what ultimately made the Raptors so attracted to this dude that made him the hire in a pool that felt, yeah, very muddied at times. A pool that felt like, yeah, there was never really any front runner. And now the question again becomes, Kind of similarly with what is going on with the Toronto Maple Leafs, where you go, hey, how much input are some of the players getting here? Mm. Who's getting to weigh in on a hire like this? How do some of the players feel about a hire like this in terms of, yeah, someone who's just starting his coaching journey as a head coach? Yeah. And yeah, we got some, we've got one report. I don't love going with this one because no offense to the guy. I just, it's not an NBA name that I've ever heard of before. His name is Jake Weinbach. And he's tweeted that Freddie is expected to decline his player option, which is kind of, this is one of those reports where you say, ah, okay, yeah, maybe like this, this is obviously going to happen. Fred Van Vliet was never going to be opting into this thing. Yeah. But it, the, the bigger part is that he says he's going to leave the Toronto Raptors in free agency this offseason. Mm-hmm. And then list five teams, none of which are the Raptors. Yeah, well, that's implied with the leave Toronto Raptors. So this now becomes a part of it is how strong the pivot is from what the Raptors were sort of indicating last year at the deadline. Anyways, Michael Grange joins us now. Um, Grange, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Good, man. I was just saying that this is a this is a bit of a hard one to talk about because, I mean, you can be extremely plugged into the NBA, and I don't think that everybody has hardline opinions on assistant coaches, right? Like, uh, it's pretty tough to come out here today and go, unless you're on his staff, and really give a lot of insight as to what this guy's going to bring to do a job that he's never done before. But your column starts off by the, the title, which people should go read. It's up on sportsnet.ca right now, that no surprise, Raptors think outside the box, which that's true. But did his name catch you off guard, given the fact that we had been just kind of sorting through so many different names, and his had really never emerged as a front runner until it was like in a group of three late? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably uh, almost indicates how serious 
a candidate he was. I'm sure the first, you know, the first test of being a candidate, you know, to work for besides Jerry would be, you know, can you can you keep your mouth shut, right? And can your people keep their, keep your mouth shut? So I don't think it was, you know, all that shocking that it came out um, late in the process and never really bubbled up to the surface in a way where I felt like, oh, there's momentum here versus there. Um, you know, so I think that's a little, you know, I, so I wouldn't read anything into it any other than that. But I think big picture, you know, I was kind of all the way expecting it would be someone who wasn't the sexy choice, wasn't, you know, high on everyone's radar. I mean, I think uh, just having seen Messiah Jerry go through this before, he really prides himself on kind of not not just doing the conventional thing because that's what conventional win- wisdom demands. And so um, in this sense, you're getting a guy who, from people I know who have worked with him um, and other people who know him, you know, from coaching against him in other environments and, uh you know, people who've worked with him in a kind of a, a clinic type setting and things like that. They, you know, they speak super highly of the guy. And uh, as you would expect, like the chances of, you know, this guy getting hired and all of a sudden, you know, a half dozen people coming out or even one person coming out going, this guy's a clown. Hey, what does he know? We're zero. So, you know, I think he's passed that test, which any successful candidate would pass. Mm-hmm. And it's really going to be a matter of, of, you know, what he can do when he gets into you know, summer league, the workout sessions in summer league, and and on into training camp and beyond. What do you think? Imp- what do you think it was about him that impressed the Raptors the most? Uh, short answer: I don't know because I haven't had a chance to get a download like that. Um, you know, I think just what he does represent is somebody who really believes in. Uh, kind of a schematic approach that is very egalitarian, that's very much about, um, you know, finding options beyond relying on a single option. And, you know, there's various kind of language that gets attached to that, you know, 0.5 second basketball or conceptual basketball or uh, what, what may have you. What it really means is, you know, playing the way, you know, the game is ideally played, which is, you know, a really fast, fluid, quick decision-making approach that benefits the team by creating the best options for an individual, not the individual. And so, you know, I think that's probably number one. And then number two is I just based on people I talked to and listening to, you know, there's, you know, he did a podcast with a friend of mine, Chris Oliver, a few years back when he was with Phoenix, you know, his presentation is very organized, very specific, very detailed. And so, but again, I just think that that's, you know, the price of entry. Like, if you're not that and you can't present that, then you're not going to get a job in this league as a head coach. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I think what probably would be the differentiator is how much of a connector he can be as a person. Mm-hmm. And what is, his rep- what is his reputation professionally in terms of doing just that, being able to find that balance of, you know, being a guy as an assistant coach anyway that players can really like, really trust, really respect, and yet having enough kind of juice, either because of the trust you've built in those relationships or your presence or whatever it might be, maybe that you're empowered to be, to hold them accountable, to let them know that, no, 
you, you're saying this, but you're doing that. So which is it going to be? And uh, and I think that's uh, I think that's going to be uh, that's a big factor. I think that probably has made him a successful assistant coach. And you know we'll see if that can translate into being a head coach. Seemed like Ime Odoka was the team's first choice. Do you think this guy was their second choice? No idea. No idea. I mean, and, and I'm not 100% convinced, really, that Ime Odoka was their first choice. Hmm. I think that there's a relationship there. And I think one thing that you have to be really careful about, you know, who's, who's first choice and whose name gets out there, a lot of that is driven by agents. And there's a small number of coaching agents that really drive the industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and when they're, it's in their interests to have their guy uh, front and center as a potential candidate in a potential job, you'll hear about it. And, and, and I think, you know, in the case of Ime Adoka, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm just kind of speculating, but there was a guy who's, who's ugly. He was a sexy name. And, you know, there was a, in a short order, a number of teams that had openings. And so the more teams he's attached to as a candidate, you know, the better chance of him getting, you know, a kind of contract that, that, uh, you know, an extra year and more money <laughs> really. So, mm-hmm. um, so no, I, I don't know if he may go, I think he was, there was definitely interest, but you know, I don't think that it was, it was like they had to have him and they made a big, strong push for him. Um, I just don't think that that, that was, that was as far along as a lot of people kind of presumed. So it, it makes sense from one standpoint that they would do their due diligence and that they would bring in so many different people. And, you know, I, I was talking to, I think it was Bobby Marks about this a couple of weeks ago, just how there's a huge benefit for guys like Masai Ujiri who have conviction um, that you bring in multiple smart basketball names who can bounce different looks at your organization off you. And so you can hear out a bunch of names. And again, there was a deep field with no obvious candidate out of the gates. But why, why do you think it took so long? Uh, I think that there was a, I think that there was a part of it is that, you know, I think when, because Sergio was very obviously a candidate um, and he was in a situation where he probably well, he couldn't, you know, get too formal with it until while his team was in, you know, the Italian League Finals. That probably was part of it. Um, that's probably the most likely explanation um, because I think if, if you know, they had decided that, that Darko was their primary candidate, I don't think there would have been much of an obstacle to hiring him a month ago, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I think it could just be that. It could just be that they wanted to make sure that they could, you know, really exhaust all options with all candidates. And they didn't have, they weren't under a ton of pressure, right? Like, mm-hmm. like um, so they could wait and they did. Um, what do you think this hiring says about the team direction, if anything? I don't think it says all that much. I mean, I mean, I, you know, there is that tactical element that I've made reference to, mm-hmm. and I think it, Definitely, you know, I just kind of suss that out and play that out. It definitely is kind of the contrast or maybe the antidote to the kind of basketball that, that was played here last year and to an extent the year before in terms of, you know, like a lot of isolation basketball, a lot of uh, very little cutting, 
very little passing. Um, you know, just that kind of half-court basketball, which was not very good. But this is where it's really going to matter is, you know, I could cite you countless examples where Nick, knows, Nick Nurse, who absolutely knows what he's doing as a basketball coach, uh, would have said all the same things about how he thought the game should be played. Like, there's no real coach out there who doesn't agree with that sensibility. Um, the challenge was, you know, and, and Nick Nurse to me is like he's a, he's, a, he's a ruthless pragmatist. Like, ultimately, he just wants to win, and he just wants you know, and he's willing to do it in any way possible based on the resources he has. And I think, um, you know, where he ran into was this team's roster, as we are all well aware, has some pretty clear and obvious flaws. And so he kind of settled into um, a style that maybe wasn't consistent with how he might play with another type of roster. Mm. And, and so you've got a guy coming in here who, you know, has, you know, kind of aligns himself with a certain style of play. But, you know, does he have the tools to make it work? And, and we don't know. And if those tools don't make it work, then what's his plan? What's his plan B? And, and so um, I think it, the fact he's hired and some of the things he maybe stands for as a coach signals what the organization thinks is important. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, you know, that doesn't matter, <laughs> right, until, until they, they, you have, you know, as, as they say at the hairdresser, right, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a comb. It's not a magic wand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, where, where it's all going to settle out in terms of who's on the roster and what style they're able to play successfully because of on that ro- who's on that roster, you know, that, I think that'll say more. I think the fact that, uh, you know, this guy has a pretty strong record in terms of development, having been in the G League and, and you know, as an assistant, kind of worked and developed with some pretty good young players, um, you know, I think it gives you some optionality in terms of, if this team does have to, at some point over its the course of this, his presence here, have to kind of circle back, rebuild, um, you know, that he's probably a guy capable and comfortable of doing that as well. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're going with a more established or older coach, you know, maybe that's, there's less of an appetite for that. So I think maybe if you're going to kind of read between the lines, there's maybe that as well. I don't know if you saw the Fred Van Vliet thing this morning, but again, it, it came from an account that I, I don't recognize and so I'm trying to be careful with it. But, yeah, there is a murmur out there that he, quote, is expected to decline his player option, which I think a lot of us expected. But the bigger part is that it's included that he will leave the Toronto Raptors in free agency this offseason. Do you have any clarity as to, yeah, what you think happens with Fred Van Vliet in the near future here? Nope. Um, I think that there's probably an internal price tag, um, you know, that the, uh, the Raptors are willing to pay for Fred VanVleet, and I think if somebody's willing to far exceed that, mm-hmm. then I think that the, like, I don't think they're going to get in a bidding war. I think that's just the pattern we've seen over and over again, where they, you know, you and I have talked about this. I think one thing that Bobby and Masai have done really, really well is sort of suss out the market, see who's a realistic contender in terms of, um, you know, going after their free agents, what their real market value is, and you know, and then kind of coming up with a number that, that they think is fair for their guy. And it's usually, you know, a nice, you know, they don't, they don't lowball anybody here. I don't think they really ever have. And, um, you know, I think it'll come down to that 
is, is chances are Fred's best chance to get paid the most will be in Toronto. And, you know, again, like we're saying off the top, it certainly benefits him if there's a long list of teams willing to blow that number out of the water. And, um, you know, I'm sure if something does, then I'm sure Fred will, Fred will, <laughs> Fred will move on. You know, like I just think that's the way the league works. And, and I think similarly you have to operate with a certain amount of discipline where if somebody wants to pay Fred, you know, four years, 160, mm-hmm. um, do you want to swim those waters? I don't know. I, you know, um, I think maybe no. Well, it's tough though, too, because yeah, yeah. And it wasn't exactly like they were offered a whole lot for Fred at the deadline based on some of the reporting that was out there. Um, the Clippers seemed to be the most serious suitor and yeah, like they wouldn't throw Terrence Mann in trades. So, yeah, I, I don't know what else there could have even been out there for the players. So it's hard to be overly upset about not moving him earlier. But, yeah, you lose him for nothing. It's not a very good look, especially considering, yeah, you don't have any other guards. Like, I don't know what the guard play looks like if you lose Fred Van Vliet. And, yeah, maybe it's just, you know, turning Scotty Barnes more into a point guard, more ball handling for Pascal Siakam. But, yeah, we've already seen what that looks like, too. Um, tough to replace him. Do you get the sense, like, as of right now, though, yeah, that that's where the contract demand is going to be. Like that it's going to start to escalate and get in that neighborhood based on the amount of suitors that they're out there. Like this guy, Chicago, Orlando, New Orleans, Houston, and the Lakers. Um, some of those teams from a cap standpoint, um, tougher to envision, but yeah, it's a, there should be a lot of interest in this player. I think so. And I mean, I think, you know, I, I've talked to executives in the league over the course of the year and, they, and the kind of $30 million mark seems to mm. be, you know, the number, right? And that can change a little bit, you know, so the 30 million turns into 35 because someone else is willing to give 30 million, so we better step it up. Um, you know, but I don't think that the league is overrun with teams that want to give Fred a max, you know, or want to give Fred, like I said, like 160 million bucks. Like, And believe me, I hope for Fred's sake that there is, and he does. Like, I think it'd be awesome. Um, but I... You know, so I think it really is, again, probably somewhere in that $30 million range. Mm. And, uh, you know, and I think if it's in that range, you know, maybe maybe the successful bidder has to go a little bit above that. And and all things being equal, you, you know, maybe Toronto is the place for that. Mm. Or maybe all things being equal, you know, you got Texas, uh, no tax state. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's the place. Uh, or maybe San Antonio is the place. Uh, where they want to have a you know a, a guy who can be sort of the, the handholder for Victor Wembanyama, mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, you know I I just don't see it where all of a sudden his value has increased by twenty five percent in the space of three months when he's not playing basketball. Yeah, it's also interesting because yeah now we have more of a penalizing salary cap in the NBA, and so you have to be a little bit more cautious in terms of who you give big money to. Um, And yeah, I have a tough time seeing a team like the Raptors going into the second apron where it limits their flexibility and yeah, stuff like the mid-level exception, which this team needs, even though they don't uh, really hit on it ever. Uh, But either way, uh, they still need it to be able to grab free agents at times. So unless you don't want to have any auto porters here, you know, then uh, you better be a little bit more cautious. Anyways, Grange, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. And again, the column right now, uh, it's up on sportsnet.ca. Go read it. No surprise to see the Raptors think outside the box in hiring Rayakovich as coach. See you, man. Thanks for doing this. All right. Take care. See Bye. you, buddy. Um, there's Michael Grange. Um, okay, so, yeah. I don't know about the Fred Van Vliet report. I almost wish I didn't even go with it, but here's what I will say. Um, yeah, it's harder to envision him coming back, 
when the if the money is in that neighborhood is so difficult for the Raptors to work around. Like they have Siakam on the books. There's going to have to be an ext- uh, a question about his extension starting to come up. Obviously, OG is sitting right there. He's got big questions. They want to pay Jakob Pertl. They just traded for him. It'd be pretty strange to let him walk after all this. Just feels as though from just a money standpoint, it's hard to fit in how Fred Van Vliet works in all of this. And yeah, trying to parse through a little bit of what Grange said there, when the Raptors bring in a guy who has no serious coaching experience, right? Sorry, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say no serious expo- coaching experience. No head coaching experience. A lot of assistant coaching. Yes. Yep. No head coaching experience. And I looked at his G League track record too and like, okay, so he's worked in the league for a long time. He has worked with young players as an assistant. I'm sure he is a player development guy. But yeah, in the G League, you know, the Tulsa rosters that he we, he coached, the best player from those teams over two seasons was Reggie Jackson, um, who was a late first round pick. So I think he's had a very successful career from that standpoint. Some busts as well, like Perry Jones. What is that? Why do I hear... I, I just heard a chime. Or I just heard that thought will go on uh, or heart will go on. I think that was Austin. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, it's time for best bets brought to you by Botano Sportsbook, the 2022 global sports betting operator of the year. The only sports book that I use my favorite sports book. Um, yeah. We hit, missed on Friday quite badly. Um, Gabe Vincent, two points. Uh, he needed 13, not exactly what you needed. Um, but yeah, we, we, we trudge forward pretty good month Four misses in a month. We'll take that every single time. Okay. So I'm going back to a bet that we had last week, James Caprillion. We're fading the Armenian guy again. All right. This guy stinks. I don't care. He had one good start and now he's facing the Rays. The Rays are going to beat him and they're going to beat him in the first five innings. They are absolutely going to smash this guy. I'm going with the Rays first five money line at minus 130 on Batano. Let's do this. Uh, come on, please do not lose twice on James Caprillion bets. Anyways, let's head over to the podcast where I'll have Sam back on. We'll talk about McGregor punching that mascot. time podcast time yeah well i mean the podcast is starting but it's not like the most urgent thing that you're fired up Sorry. for it already it's so a- at the end of your pod there show you uh, is you you played harco will go on what'd so you do my headphones are connected and they're in here and i was watching adam hadwin get tackled to the titanic song and I was like, why isn't it making any noise? And, then, oh. and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> 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 Quickly, he blames me, Sammy. Yeah, just, just I thought I was going insane. Why, no, no, oh, why no, would I blame no, the guy who, who the runs audio? the audio yeah, of the yeah, show? Yeah, Listen, Austin, it's a great I, question. Yeah, I, I love you, buddy. I, but, you down. I no, love you, buddy, but I, that's a blameable offense. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> not only that. You're also the guy that I think last time Sam was on the pod, Sam wasn't mic'd up for. So how about you just park it back there with the crying about it? No. Do you know Count what Austin it. is? Austin's like in murder mystery shows whenever it's like the wife is murdered and they inter- they interview the husband because it's always the husband. Mm. He's like, how dare you accuse me? How? <laughs> so the meme. We're my, all looking for the guy that did this. My wife has died. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You are Tim Robinson. And, <laughs> We're um, the guy who did this. Yeah, it's good to check on you. And yeah, I hear music in the studio and I phone. know it's not my computer. <laughs> I had the biggest panic. I was like, why isn't it playing? And yeah. then you said that. I was like, oh, oh my no. God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a weird thing to reference too. Like I, you know what though? I only had a minute left on radio, yeah. so it actually kind of did work. Yeah, it was like, hey, here's Celine to remind you. <laughs> it's time to do best bets. Oh, by the way, okay. Yeah. So here's a couple of things. Uh, I just looked at 
Patano, uh, I texted my boys over there to see what Nick Taylor was. For US Open? No, for after round one when he oh. shot three over. Oh, it was probably like 150 to one? No. I thought I thought it was going to be closer to that. No, yeah. he was 75 to one. That's, yeah, probably should have yeah. had it then. So, I mean, but, to add to the glory of yesterday, I sprinkled on Nick Taylor. Yeah. Or like I saw, I went out to the Eight. first. He went 18 to one, I think. Yeah. Which is a great price. He was one stroke back. Yeah. I saw him on the first tee. Thanks for the heads up. I went, uh, buddy, I was in the ropes. What do you want from no, me? No, but you know how many loser golf picks this guy's giving me? I don't give you any picks. You no, always, you this is a straw man. I know <laughs> I've never given you a Oh, pick. yeah? DeShambo, buddy. Oh, Bryson. Bryson is the <laughs> man. He's going to rip hey, this uh, golf know, course. I wonder pieces. why I don't give him picks. Because yeah. I get eviscerated <laughs> when I lose. No, just that was the funniest pick ever because it was he was the favorite. Yeah. And everyone was like, he nah. was eight to one. Yeah, I know. He was eight to one. And McKee was like, I don't care. This guy um, is doing things in the practice <laughs> round. He is buddy. I won golf picks two weeks in a row. I yeah, won nice. on Hovland on yeah. Sunday last week on last week. And then yeah. I won this week. So I just, I was inside the ropes with him on one. I followed mm-hmm. him the full way through. Started on one with him with the whole 18 mm-hmm. holes. And I saw him pure hybrid on the first hole. And I was like, yeah, oh, it's, t- it's, it's slam. Time. It's slam. It's slam. I'm sure City. PGA tour communications love that. I was slamming bets on yeah. the inside the ropes. On the yeah. Taylor, but yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's over now. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guess what? This is what I always love about the podcast portion yeah. though, is that this is just all secrets, you know, <laughs> like no one here is here to just, you know, dime on me or no. cry about the so podcast. Like, yeah, I don't end up getting the the moron who's listened to my one show or one show on radio and was yeah. like tuning in for his scheduled programming who's all upset and tweeting at me and yeah. taking something out of context. This is for the real fans. This is for the real ones, yeah. you know? So, this And that's why if you're here, listen, if you haven't left five stars and you don't subscribe to this, like, I'll kill you. No. <laughs> uh, I, I, wanted, I had one more Nick Taylor yeah. thought before we get into anything else. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. That This is actually an important Nick Taylor I, thought. Because so I, I texted you about uh, it. But I was walking up the 15th mm-hmm. fairway. Well, I was in the rough away from him. I didn't want to be too close. That's the nightmare to get too close. Like when you're in the too the close, ropes. man. Like the, the moving around in there, like I can't be close. And it's scary and everyone's looking at you. Especially since you're a gangly dude oh, and buddy. you're clumsy. Like, like you spilled a coffee this morning. Everybody you has, could definitely be the guy. You could be Larry David tripping Shaq. Yes. And you have to like bending <laughs> down because people are like, you get, they've been waiting all day and you big tall guy shows up. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the yeah. grass at the time. It's a, you know, it's a tough battle inside the room. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I see, I, I'm watching him walk up the 15th yeah. and some hammered dude like, what's he listening to in his AirPods? And I was like, mm. I'm like, AirPod? I was like, oh, my. I looked over, mm-hmm. and I was like, he's not. Like, I was genuinely <laughs> floored. I'm like, it's the 15. He has a, he's one stroke lead, mm-hmm. or was he tied for the he lead at that point? It was 16, point. and then he bogeyed the next hole. Yeah. I was like, what is he doing? Oh, he had bad, he was, he grinded for a par on that hole. Yes. And then he bogeyed. Yes. And, and I, I, yeah. I couldn't believe he did it. Yeah. So I asked him in the press conference after, I was like, hey, man, when did you agree to do that? And he said he had agreed on Saturday to do it. Mm-hmm. And he did the, you know, diplomatic thing being like, oh, I know it, you know, it's just a little walk and chat didn't really phase me. But like you, I didn't, I still haven't heard it, but you said that you were asking him about pressure oh, dude, so, and what it meant. It's like, that's an, the last thing you want to be talking about at so that point is that they knew. And even Immelman was talking about it going, Immelman's you know, the best by the way. He is, but, and he was saying even afterwards, like, you're not trying to screw with the guy, right? Like yeah. the broadcasters feel the pressure. Okay, the moment good, too. good, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, but it's impossible. The first thing I think it was Nance to start <laughs> off with, like, hey, the crowd's really behind you and you seem to be really enjoying this. Yeah. And then there was a question which was, what are you thinking about right now? Oh, you have my. a number in your head. Like, what are you? And he goes, 
yeah, I'm just trying to keep my head down and it's cliche, but Ugh. just, you know, and I went, dude. Get the AirPod out. <laughs> the, what are you thinking about right now? It brings me back to my favorite part of Full Swing that I've referenced to you a million yeah. times, yeah. which is Brooks Kepka's t- watching Scotty Scheffler win mm-hmm. and say, you know what he's thinking about right now? Nothing. Nothing. And that's where you want to be in that moment yeah. is just stay in the zone. And but what so, are you going to ask him? You know, is it, no, starting to, is it raining a no. little bit out there? Like, is it, like what are you going to ask him? <laughs> no, but that's it is I actually think as – it's because, okay, to me, it's more interesting to watch the golfer be dialed in, mm-hmm. locked in, and try to win a tournament than to try to get that insight. I actually don't mind that for the person who is not, like, in contention, who's still yeah, trying to make it. money. like. And and they did it with Rory at Augusta, yep. right? Where they have him, or sorry, they had, and Justin Thomas. That was the one where it was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, Justin, JT's out of it, and mm-hmm. he's actually pretty sour right yeah, now. Perfect <laughs> guy. Yeah. He, was drinking, <laughs> he was drinking his protein shake, having yeah. a, a not best yeah. time, and was just bitching about the yeah. conditions Which the I entire love. time. I loved it. He's like, it's too hard. It's cold <laughs> yeah. rain. It sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's when you know the golfers are so pampered, and that's oh, yeah. that. These guys, just a little bit of bad weather happens, and they're like, harumph, hurrah. Like, this, who did this to us? Yeah, we have to wear a jacket. And, and like, I don't, I don't have yeah. to carry my bag. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny watching, by the way, though, the golf cart where the caddies have to just stand on the back. Oh, yeah. Stand on the back. Yeah. It's just such a tough look. It, it is. It doesn't matter how much you're getting paid, how smart you are, how good a golfer you are. It's just when the guy's sitting down and you're back there just holding on, like... The guy that sits on the front of a bike. It's impossible to look cool. Yeah. The other <laughs> thing is when, when there's so many guys with their legs crossed sitting down at this tournament and yeah. Gunnar and I would say, it's impossible to look tough with your legs crossed no, as an adult it, man. No, like, it's, it's not. Uh, no, it's impossible. I'm trying to think about like a boss sitting back. No, like you gotta on be wearing the, like on, oh, the on, ground. on the ground. Like, no, oh, like, like crisscross. Oh, crisscross applesauce. Oh yeah, like yeah. oh no no no. Yeah. Like Conor McGregor be sitting crisscross applesauce. I'd be like, I would Soft. kick that guy's ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to get out of the crisscross applesauce before the person attacks. That's wall. when you're. Yeah. That's when you're at yeah. your most vulnerable, man. That's that's yeah. a vulnerable yeah, position to be. In. It's tough to. It's you can't jump out of that position, especially me at 35. No, you're dead. No, you're dead. Oh, someone's hoping you in the chest and oh, it's yeah. completely open. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with you. The AirPod thing, it just, it's its not interesting stuff. I like a, a player mic'd up. I mm-hmm. wish we actually had more mic'd ups. Yeah. Uh, but that, at that point of the tournament, it's, I thought it was I, unacceptable. Yeah, it's, you're on the back nine of mm-hmm. your Bail tournament. Bail on that. Yeah. But just, I, I think... I wondered if he would have taken a fine or something, although, had he decided to cancel because... And good guy, dude, that was the other thing about Nick Taylor winning. What a good guy. Sweetheart. Sweet total sweet, total sweet. When he like when he got emotional, oh, buddy, thinking I, about I, I, watching that video, how like, could oh, you yeah, not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How could you not? Anyway, I just that's what I meant earlier about how. Yes, I wasn't trying to take the shots at the other Canadian golfers. Yeah. I know they care about Canada. Yeah, but it just was very clear that this guy is a very patriotic, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. good dude yeah. who's nev- who understands he's never going to have a moment. Yeah. He's not going to Mike Weir win the Masters. Okay, maybe. Yeah. yeah, why not? Have faith, maybe. All right. I mean, any like any what guy. Attitude. If you can win, if you can win any. Austin, you're muted now. If you can win any golf tournament, like yeah. he can be in contention, but it's really hard to win the Masters. It's hard yeah. to get into the Masters, but like, buddy, just look Mike, at the field of golfers right now. There's so yeah. many good players. Like Mike he, Weir was one of the best players in the world when he won the Masters. Yes. Like Nick Taylor is not that. Yeah, well, but we, he's now up to sixth in the FedEx rankings. Which is wow, yeah, man. He can be very rich by the end of this season. He's sixth in FedEx. Yes, yes sir. Yeah. Yep, that win got him to the sixth. 
He's had a good year, man. He well, finished, I was going to say, how many, points second, did, how many spots did that bump him up? It had lot. to be a lot. Yeah. But he, won, he was in second at uh, in Arizona at the Waste Management. Remember, mm-hmm. he was in that duel with Scotty Scheffler at the end there. Like, he's had some moments this year where he's been high mm-hmm. in the rankings. So, good for him, man. That's no, really He's going to be him. very rich by the end of this season All if right. he continues. So, speaking of Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Sam, mm-hmm. it's time, Jobo. You have the video. I have the video right here. Yeah, yeah okay. Pull up my phone. No, no, he's gonna turn it and let yeah, you watch because we. Sam revealed that he did not watch this video, so we're gonna. But have... I didn't see one thing outside the Canadian Open. This yeah, week yeah. And I so, was locked in. Yeah, and uh, and <laughs> including the, the bottom hockey, of including the hockey game that I had to talk about today on the radio. Well, I was gonna say in the bottom of uh, a bunch of green bottles when we went oh, out after yeah, TFC. Oh yeah, I forgot about that part of it. The Sam, I could not. I actually, for real, I woke up so hungover on Sunday. Oh, really? Did you? I, I was, was okay. I was hung. Uh, yeah, I was well, okay. yeah, we went to a, a, a an establishment where <laughs> there was <laughs> Do no not rules. Name it. <laughs> there were no rules. Do not name. And uh, so I stayed on the no rules patio for quite some time because, yeah. It's a great patio. It, was, um, <laughs> it may be the best patio in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. And the boys kept coming out with rounds. And so he, he can't. that's not the time to bail is when no. the boys keep coming no. out with fresh rounds. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I was a little... You know, I didn't have uh what did you have? The porchetta sandwich or porchetta. the porchetta sandwich. A game. I, I went I told you it's really that's good. one yeah. of my toxic traits is that I cannot eat stadium food. Uh, you should eat that sandwich, it's amazing. I know, but I hate I, I just I don't love stadium food. That's why whenever they always come out with the menus and people go, I can't wait to try that. I, it I never try any of that stuff. Doesn't resonate no. with me whatsoever. The I'm, only like high class thing I get at any sporting event in Toronto. Other than like a hot dog or popcorn, yeah. is the porchetta sandwich at TFC. I was gonna say <laughs> that's the, the only thing I get. In your heart. <laughs> it's really good. I get a sausage before I go yeah. into Jay's game sometimes because I just feel like it. Yeah. So am I watching this video? Yeah. Hold on one sec. Yeah. I was just gonna say that I was so like I was just not feeling it Sunday morning. I woke up and went, oh, yeah. you know, I I grinded even just to get to the couch, yeah. and yeah, I went, oh, poor Sammy. Yeah. He went out there. He's standing around, <laughs> buddy. I walked. Yeah, like you got your steps in. 13K yesterday. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't want to look at what my counter was. I that, My whole day, my whole day was, all right, I'm rallying workout. I'll rally and workout. I'll rally and workout. And all of a sudden it was just, Uber Eats. I need to <laughs> Uber Eats a buffalo chicken wrap and rest today. It's a rest day. Rest day. So, yeah, by the way, TFC was... It was fun because the crowd is just so fun. TFC yeah. stinks. But that product... Yeah, they suck. I got to tell you. They suck. <sighs> yeah, they're no good. That was a tough one. Yeah, okay. They are a bad. So team. yeah, but that so the insignia goal was I'm actually disgusting. awesome. Yeah, it was a really really cool moment of the game mm-hmm. because he blasted it and that felt like a world class goal. Yeah. yeah. Plus the boys had all been just eviscerating him for forty minutes <laughs> about how he wasn't worth it and how he didn't have the speed and he they, doesn't. Yeah, it's just a lot of insignia trash talk and a lot of I showed up to see Berna because you guys all love him and he was and he horrible. was brutal. Yeah. He was the worst player. He's been bad the last yeah ever weeks. since the vape story. Came so. Out, he's so basically, the they took away his vape, and he's having a, a tantrum. Give him the vape back. Yeah, yeah, Give yeah. him the vape back. His, I, this is Give basic. the ball to the Italians. Let the man vape. Who I was, cares? No, duh. No, <laughs> vaping duh. in the change rooms. Vaping Who in the facilities. It's a vape. It was just... It's not darts. But even the fact that... and All right. I, even the fact that Nashville... And I'm not trying to act like Mr. Soccer Purist here. Yeah. Let me but, have it. Well... Nashville comes in there with five wins in a row. It's supposed to be a good team in MLS, yeah, they, and they weren't very good. Either. They never had a guy. They had one guy. I think I pointed him out to you, number nine or number, number seven, seven. That seven yeah. that had a little bit of speed, pace to his game. Where yeah. I went, oh, this guy actually like moves pretty well. But their strikers never it had a, been a one nothing finish. But it just it was boring. Like yeah. it just didn't like there was no plays. The touches, some of them were clunky. just horrific and clunky. clunky. And 
Maybe it's because I'm just a guy who's only watched big time international yeah. games That's where exactly it's been right. live. And uh, I'm gonna tell you, on the level of bad TFC games I've been to, yeah. that isn't even on the top, close to the top tier. Like I've seen some <laughs> bad ones down there. Well, bad. that's what was funny is I I posted a joke going. I went to the soccer game and it was under and tied. And yeah. my cousin texted me and he went, "I went to a TFC game a couple of weeks ago. It was zero zero. I went." Fun. <laughs> what a fun time. All right, that I watch this video. Yeah, all right. Okay, so if you haven't seen this over the weekend, Sammy's going to watch it. Make sure it's muted so it doesn't get picked up on it's, the... It's, it's muted. Okay, cool. So you just watch it and play it. Okay. And then, yeah, so this was the highlight of the weekend, even more so than Hadwin, um, even more so than Nick Taylor's putt. By the way, Hadwin's trending and Nick Taylor is not this yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, so I was just saying Tough. in terms of more people seeing it. All right, I'm going Okay, so they have some promotion for some spray. It's Conor McGregor's new pain relief spray. Conor McGregor has a new pain, pain relief spray. That's, yeah. like, that's like some, some VJs, or something. Yeah. VJ's uh, sing deer antler spray. Yeah, dude. I, well, no, that's real. That's yeah. Ray Lewis. Uh, oh, is that what he yeah, did too? Ray okay, Lewis. Yeah, yeah no, that, a lot of the guys yeah. got busted with the deer antler okay. spray. So are you pressing no, play? I'm going to press play right now. Yeah, yeah. Press play. I'm going to talk through you watching it. So he's promoting this pain spray and the mascot is standing in front of him with boxing gloves. And I mean, every- fi- Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, correct. Oh my God. <laughs> and they start to drag him away and Dude. Connor just spraying the thing. Oh my Connor God. Hits him with an actual hook hard. And the guy hits the ground and then instead They're of just dragging him off and yeah. then Connor drops a bomb on the guy's a nose straight to his nose. I couldn't help but think about Greg in season one inside the mascot costume in succession, getting beat down on by kids and throwing up in his own mask (laughs) to start succession and thinking about the poor guy. This guy, Sammy, went to the ER. Yeah. Yeah. No crap. Yeah. I know. He got rocked. That is a professional left hook to the brain. No. Um. So Connor put his back behind it. No, I know. No, I know. You watch it more and more. I got to tell you. Okay. It's funny because you like this just proves that nothing can happen to a mascot that will ever get them sympathy. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. Because it's such a great take. It's, These guys like the guy. Remember the, the Marlin guy who broke his ankle? Yeah. When he got like went into the wall and they're like dragging him off. He got that smile. It's because yeah. they're, they're, they're got the smile. Yeah. They're like, what is it, Lenny or Carl? He's like, this is the worst, the worst thing. thing. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Man, I actually okay. So All I've right. long thought. That being a mascot has got to be one of the worst jobs, especially I've told, I think I've had shared this take with you many times mm-hmm. as a friend of mine who's gone to a billion Blue Jays games mm-hmm. with me. But when I'm watching Ace on the dugout in a hot day dance, no. all I'm thinking is this has to be the absolute worst case. Has, how, there's no cooling technology that makes this. I was going to say, have they must have had technology there. They have to have gotten better. Sure, they've, they've gotten spent, better. Like, they've spent so much on uh, sports science and developing their stadium. Maybe when they get old Ace a fan. <laughs> yeah, I just... They just there, leave the mascots behind. There's, but, like, that still shot of McGregor full extension bonking this clearly too. unconscious guy on the floor. Yeah, the red velvet. <laughs> just... And... And here's the thing, the guy's in the ER, and I'm going, ah, the video's still funny, though. It's still a funny video. But yeah, being a mascot's the worst. I think that, you know, if you had a child, Mm -hmm. and they wanted to do anything with their life, telling you that they wanted to be a mascot would be the toughest thing that they could possibly tell you. But I think... I used to think it was like cosplay if they told you like, Dad, I want to dress up like a Pokemon trainer and go to... I want to do war recreations. Mm, that's kind of I kind of like that. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the thing: is I here's here's the thing. If you think you're actually in the war, right? Yeah. But I will say that. So I listened to this entire 
like almost two hour long podcast. <laughs> like I listened to a war create recreation podcast. No, no, no. I, no, I, I kind of. I listened to I listened to an two hour long podcast over the weekend. This is a nerdy thing to admit, yeah. but on the battle of Battle of Austerlitz, okay. which is like Napoleon's greatest yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah. And they were just breaking down how they ended up winning this this battle. I would and how, listen to the hell out of that podcast. That's not yeah. nerdy. That's cool. No, but yeah, and they're just going over just the different Send strategies that, that were employed. Yeah, yeah, and how it ended up happening yeah. and how Napoleon won and how he beat this, like, yeah, group of allies, the yeah. Austrians and the, the Russians. And it's just cool to yeah, listen to. For sure. And so I think that if you were in a reenactment, it would be kind of interesting yeah. to be able to see, like, actually what a battle would look like and like them put you in the situations and put you in Gettysburg, yeah. right? And say, this is where you were standing. Uh, this is what I take you're it doing. back. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what I mean. Cool. I no, that one's all right. Especially but, you're just involved in history. But what, what about the mascots that are like athletic? Like the Raptors guy. Someone do some crazy I know, but it doesn't matter. What he was, was sick. What was the guy in uh, the, the, the ape? Yeah. Right? The Phoenix one. Yeah. He, that guy's super athletic. Yeah. Like, don't you think he that's would do sick? dangerous. No, I think it's cool. I'm just saying that. You're still wearing an ape outfit. Yeah, you're still just a guy, you <laughs> in know. An ape suit. Yeah, you're you're still a guy that people ultimately that's the dream what Conor McGregor just did. Yeah. If you could choose like, hey, you get to meet this mascot and he's going to spend a day with you, you would be thinking about punching that mascot the in the time. face the whole time. Did, did I ever tell you? Okay, I got a great mascot story. Yeah, tell me. Okay, so back when I was a kid with my buddy Chris Robinson, shout out. When we used to go to the attack games all the time. Yeah. They had this mascot named Cubby. Yeah. And me and Chris <laughs> used to chase him around yeah. and terrorize him. Yeah, Just of course. Like, and finally, we, <laughs> we finally, we finally, <laughs> finally, we got him to break. Like, we finally turned around. He's like, Leave me alone! <laughs> through, through, like, through, through, like, the smiley bear gummy mask. I have never laughed harder oh, than that so. in my life. Leave me alone! It was but the funniest the thing. thing. We terrorized him. Oh, my God. Cubby, Cubby, Cubby! Grabbing at his jersey, like, like popcorn at him, like, yeah, all over him. I was going to say that. <laughs> I think that if you drive the cart on the, the range, yeah. picking up golf balls, yeah. That and the mascot are the two jobs Targets. where people just want you're the mo- you're the biggest moving target. <laughs> you're cover your health. That's it. It's like you're that's all you are to someone yeah. is a moving target. And that's yeah. the thing with the mascot is we see the pictures with the kids, we see the dancing, even though it must be so hot and difficult yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. But you can't break character, right? No. Dude, this is so great too, because it's making me think of Tim Robinson and I don't talk. You know, and that's the mascot. I never, I talk. never talk. And then the mascot, leave me alone doing the breaking of the character. You should get money. You should yeah. get money if you break the mascot. My, my, my old goalie in Mississauga was the mascot for the Steelheads. And he, he had some stories about just like just dripping buckets in there sometimes oh and having to having to like stay in character for like three and a half hours. It would go to overtime and he's like, Oh my goodness. But that's gotta, what I mean. You're in, a great weight loss plan. You're in the, yeah, man. You get yeah. the Bobrovsky yeah. move where you just lose twenty pounds basically. You can't, can't piss a drop at the end of the man, game. You're so tired. That's it. But you you're in this costume where it's already super uncomfortable. Yeah. You're just trying to get through the day, but every day you show up to work, you just know you see that little like 13-year-old boy mm-hmm. with a chubby face, <laughs> and he's just staring you down, down the like, like ah, come mo- here, come Yeah, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's coming towards you. He's a heat-seeking missile, and you're just going, 
man, this kid might try to kick me in the crotch. Yeah. You're just all day long is you can't crotch, crotch, crotch. <laughs> Do not let them yeah. get to the crotch. And then this guy with Conor McGregor, just at the moments before, I <laughs> just picture him going, oh, so cool, Conor McGregor. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> yeah. One of the most famous guys on earth. Yeah, I'm I know. In the ER. and, and he is. He's like bopping up and down. And then, dude, Conor literally knocks the hat off of this guy. Yeah, it's... It's a professional left hook to the face. Dude, Connor is a savage, though, for doing that. That is such a... And then the one when he's on the ground, and then he kicks his legs, like, three times. He actually gets No, I know. He punches him in the nose, and the guy's legs go up in the air, like, oh, my God. And all the promotions people jump in there, like, please, Connor McGregor, don't kill our friend. And just dragging him And then he just comes over and starts spraying him in the face. (laughs) But you know what, though? I got to tell you, now that I'm thinking... I never thought about this until right now. Um... I wonder if he did try to hurt him knowing that it would be even more of an ad for the pain spray. Probably. I mean, because he's a smart businessman. Like, if there's anything about Conor McGregor, the guy knows he's turned the, the probably the worst whiskey I've ever tasted into <laughs> something people buy. Actually, no, that's not true. I had a Trailer Park Boys whiskey once. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's not disparage the good name of the Trailer Park Boys. I know, Boys. but <laughs> hey, sometimes when you're rich, you'll just slap your name on oh, things. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. one of my buddies showed yeah. up with it, and he was like, let's give this a shot. I had one. <laughs> they made it in oh. Ray's tub in the dump. Dude, the it, it was. I think they made it in the piss jugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was so bad. It was the, the uh, most. They made it in race truck oh my god uh, it was so bad i just i genuinely <laughs> i had one little sip of it and i remember looking at my friend going what the hell is wrong with you getting this like this is a uh, this is an abomination anyways uh let's keep it moving all right um john sterling john sterling oh yeah god, so in the, the top of the ninth inning of yeah. the red sox More, the yankees game yeah. uh over the weekend john <laughs> sterling so justin turner's up to bat foul yeah. ball goes back up and do we have the audio austin oh, from please, the god. uh if we have the audio. From yeah, Sterling? Austin Do definitely have, has oh, the he's audio. The, he's got the hand up. He, we had it in the email. Yeah. He's got the hand up. Well, once we get the audio, we will play it. But... I could give you the audio. Yeah. Ow! Ow! <laughs> it hit me! Because <laughs> I watched the video 1,500 yeah. times last night when I got home. Like, I was sitting in bed watching that video. I couldn't go to bed because I watched that video so many times. He was back in the booth last night, eh? Austin's... I don't know. I watched the video. Of, was he back in the booth? I don't know. It rocked him yeah like it is a rock <laughs> show have you seen the video of it hitting him yes yeah. oh my it hits him so hard yeah oh i know i do want the audio though just because there we go play it austin <laughs> out of the three two <laughs> swung nice. on a pop foul back here ow <laughs> ow ow <laughs> it really hit me i didn't know it was coming back that far That's you know that foul ball actually hit me it kind of glanced off my forehead so I took one for the team. It did not glance, John. Yeah. You understand it, it caught you flush well, between the eyes. It knocked off your glasses, buddy. Okay, so the, the beauty of this is that, yeah, the ow, ow. Is, <laughs> you, Austin, you got to keep that forever, it's obviously. A That's it's a, a drop. It's a great drop. 100%. Um, just ultimately the funniest thing. Anyway, I you have this as you set this up as do you have a working while injured moment. Yeah. Which, yeah, but mine is like I almost died. I crashed a four-wheeler when I was working as a 21-year-old in the Yukon in a diamond drill. And I oh, legitimately... I can't mention that story. Yeah, I fractured before. my shoulder blade. Like, yeah. I flew oh. off the side of a mountain. And when I was in the air, I thought, is this a dream or am I dead? Okay. Yeah. And then I woke up on like out of my unconscious state with a bunch of gravel in my face and thanked the heavens that oh I was alive. God. Yeah, yeah. No, it was That's terrifying. <laughs> so, but the second one you wrote down is, have you ever been hit by a foul ball? Mm. And no... But I'm actually, and I'm glad McKee's here today because, I don't know, how many Blue Jays games do you think you and I have been to together? At least 100. That's a great question. I was going to say I'd set the over-under at like 
60. 60 Ooh, and a half. More. Hundreds a lot of games. Bro, we've been going to games, though, together since 2014. 2013. Yeah, but are we going... It's 10 to, years. Are we going Holy. to 10 a year? Yeah, buddy, we went to, in 2015 and 2016... And the we, free ticket arrow, we went a lot. That's, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Like, yeah. we went all the time. Yeah. Like... You know, maybe 100. I, I think maybe close. It doesn't matter, but 80 or, 80 or 90. Maybe. Yeah, somewhere yeah. in that range yeah. you and I have been to a together. Yes. We've been to a lot of Blue Jays mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot, a lot. In fact, no, dude, I can look back on my Instagram, and you and I have been going to games, I think, since 2012. Okay. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been yeah. over a decade. Yeah. We've definitely done 100 since games. It's a bad baseball, we've def- And we've definitely <laughs> done, we've done well over 10 games a year together. So yeah. the number's 100% over 100. So I'm shocked that I've been to so many baseball games, man. And yeah, I've never, I've been remotely close one time mm-hmm. where I'm pretty sure my friend could have caught it on the complete other end of the aisle for me. Mm-hmm. And he chickened out and it became one of the funniest memes ever in our group chats because he just, we put the cry face on him, you know, the emoji <laughs> over up. his face and it racked up and it's used constantly in our, in our fantasy football <laughs> chat, like still to this day, whenever he loses and he claims he didn't get out of the way, but he did. He got out of the way. He <laughs> he panicked. He wasn't paying enough attention, and then the ball came into the area. It was like a, a day game with all the fellas getting really boozed up, and I yeah. think he flinched, and he never looked at the ball. And the best part is, is like the guy beside him is a huge jack dude, and he didn't exactly make an attempt on it either, but just because he wasn't the closest guy and the smaller dude mm. was the one that flinched more, he eats it, and my buddy yeah. Bernie eats none of it. So sorry, Lionel, but yeah, you definitely flinched. But I've never even come close to an opportunity. No, that's, it's, and I, I sat everywhere. I've been close. I was really close. I think I've told you the story though. Like one hit landed right beside Allie and she kind of backed out. And the woman that was like sitting beside, it was like me, Allie. And then the, there's a couple beside us mm-hmm. and Allie kind of backed off of it. And this chick that was sitting beside us, she had a, you know, pretty big barrel and she was just sitting there. <laughs> And it just like hit her straight in, in the, the guts. Went, yeah, you did tell me that. And yeah. she just like had the ball. Yeah. And Allie, <laughs> like, like I wanted to like make a play, but Allie like backed off and like got kind of in my way and blocked me out a little bit and just hit her straight in the gut. And she just had it. And she's just like, Here I like go. that. That's part of the story. Sammy's like, I got boxed out. I, I did. Got, Allie I got, boxed me out. Like, cause she like, cause she was yeah, like she backing away thing. and yeah. I was like kind of reaching over. And oh, so you like, saw it and tracked it and you were trying to oh, get it. Oh, trying to get it. hundred percent. But I was just blocked out by my wife. So I know. Austin, you think if a baseball hit you in the gut, you'd live? <laughs> You're if it so hit skinny. me or my girlfriend Galil in the gut, it'd probably go through both of us because yeah. we're so skinny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a brag, Austin, skinny girlfriend wow, over here. Skinny girlfriend, girlfriend guy. All right. Well, yeah, no, so. it's not a, it's, it's concerning skinny levels. It's not. I would say don't level. say that, bro. Yeah, Just say, leave, leave the skinny part. Do you want to keep your skinny girlfriend, buddy? <laughs> like, are you? Do you have a penchant for losing the skinny girlfriend? Because Austin will tell us sometimes about how his girl got mad at him, and then he'll explain a bit of the story and you're like oh yeah man that makes That's total sense right like <laughs> yeah. even on valentine's day ailish brought in like a bunch of chocolates and mm-hmm. stuff and he's like yeah can i have that stuff i need that for my girl like <laughs> I, I, JD, that was set off air there's no reason to say that he's air. like That's he's like scrounging buddy, the That's free chocolates ailish wow. brought in the morning of valentine's day going like guys uh, That's a sewer job by you he's yeah. like i do it i need yeah, this got your back i need this yeah uh, there's gonna be a mysterious two minutes missing from the bro you said this is gonna be bleeped that's you definitely ju- about to be bleeped you just said your girlfriend is uh dangerously skinny what <laughs> she you would s- say that all She's, right. uh, yeah all right let's all move right. on okay this. let's move on from yeah austin's yeah uh i don't know teetering <laughs> relationship uh all right teetering. what else we got uh do you want to talk about toronto blue jays over the weekend uh i mean i i'll be honest i didn't watch the i didn't watch the game where simber melted down 
Mm. But huge moment, at least on Sunday, which Sammy would have missed. What missed happened? They oh, won, dude, right? Kevin they won, but Gossman had one of his, hey, is he tipping pitches first oh, innings? Oh, boy. Yeah. Where they were just laying off the uh, sl- They were laying off the splitter. And you go, boy, oh, boy, this is dangerous. But he gutted it out. Mm-hmm. He kept them in it for a long enough time. They yeah. did get some really fortuitous double plays from him, nice. like some well-timed ones. Good. And then the Jays just sort of chipped away. And then, man, Kevin Biggio, two, uh, yeah, three-run home run to take the lead. Nice. Mm-hmm. Late in the ball game. It Down was really six, big. Four. Down 6-4. Shows up and just lifts Kevin. one of the yard. Man. How many more bombs at home does Kevin have than Vlad now? Is I, it two? Man. It, and <laughs> oh, it, you, no. This is my whole text thread with Ennis. It's just every day him being like. Oh, he's right. I know. Vlad, Vlad, Vlad. Complaining about Vlad. He's well, just nonstop. When you're, when you're so right about something, yeah. like the, like Ben's been That's about Vlad, it's like yeah. he cannot stop hammering you about he it. He can't. But he's just, been viciously right about this yeah he has which and is tough yeah it is tough it's tough i gotta tell you it's it's hard also i, I hate watching his ab's no i know it's it's <sighs> i don't gonna, have any trust i'm gonna say i'm gonna save some of this conversation for someday down the line with dennis yeah. but because it's really hard in the middle of the year and man i'm just rooting for vladdy so much mm-hmm. but it's just in terms of hype yeah, from yeah. what we thought he might be in the second season of his career to what he might actually be is, ooh, boy, yeah, it's it really sucks. bad. Bo is a flat-out superstar, though. It's like Bo I, is a superstar. I'm really starting to wish that they kind of give Bo the extension, the mega bag. Yeah, I know. Like, as he seems like he's mm. worth the Tatis mega bag. He leads the team in everything. Like, man, <laughs> would he have taken 14 years, $425 million? Dude. There because is, they should, probably should have done that. There is a hilarious video right now um, of... Dalton Varsho trying to guess his teammates' baby pictures. And he awesome. can't get anyone right even close. Yeah. But with Boba Shett's baby picture, it's he the said, most obvious he one. Said, looks, you he said, you say Kikuchi. <laughs> and then he said, that looks more like you, you say, say than Bo. And I was like, like no, it doesn't. It, doesn't. <laughs> it looks exactly That's like Bo. Awesome no, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a good video, yeah, but Varsho, just the entire time, <laughs> it's tough, man. He's OPSing almost 900 in June now. It's yeah. early, but yeah, at least he's starting to turn around. Well, which thank is, God. No, I know. Like, they needed him to do something. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, good. It's like starting to look like maybe not a disaster of a trade. Yeah, it's just funny, though, because he, against lefties, he still does just the, he's, I got to bunt. Yeah. I got to do the bunt move thing, and it works. And but it worked I, from I actually prefer him to do that than swing away. Oh, absolutely yeah. you do. Anyway, I'm just, I'm glad that he's finally turning a new human being, that there's a little length in the lineup. But I will say this, like, okay, huge that the Jays didn't get swept, but man, Kiermaier's hurt and belt hurt, and all yeah. of a sudden it's Nathan Luke's in there. Mm-hmm. Lucas, no depth. And, and, and you go, and yeah, exactly. It's just all of a sudden there's Bowden Francis pitching for the fifth guy. All of a sudden you're looking at the bullpen, and it's Thomas Hatch has been called up. Mm-hmm. It's like, could they have one position where they have depth at? Could is that like too much to ask? Where they have one position? And we're getting we're getting into the time of year now where the classic all the baseball guys are like, oh, it's too early to think about trades. These yeah, trades talks don't even get started up. But it's like. You can't have Nathan Luke's it like it's like you gotta maybe look outside the organization Dude, here for some help. Let me go look at and the thing is though is I, I texted uh someone they there's gotta be better than Nathan Lucas. There's not. And he's hitting one fifty eight right yeah, now. Yeah, but he's hitting and okay, it's only nineteen at bats, but it's nineteen at bats because he's Nathan Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> and they they don't want to ever play him. But mm-hmm. he's got he he's not a playable guy. And then the only other dude than him is the Ernie Clement guy who Ernie pinched Clement. it for, for Dalton Varshow because Earn, it was a left. Big yeah. Earn. Our, our only other option is a guy named Ernie. Yeah. Tough man, one. It's just, <laughs> it'd be oh, good. Ernie's to, everywhere. Come on. Man, it would be good to just have, you know, a guy, like a 
just another human being yeah. who could play baseball that was outside the organization. Like who, an Ellie De La Cruz to come up. Oh, someone, man, <laughs> just, someone, just like anything here, just come on. They desperately need, uh, yeah, a little bit of depth, a little bit Which of something. Is, and you know I just crazy about this era of like Blue Jays baseball is everyone talked about Ross and Mark like they're these like savants of having depth yeah, and like having like the the control and all the minor league guys and like draft and it's just like they are paper thin. Well, dude, that's that's the ironic part of this is that the report was right. Remember when they first came into town that. Shapiro blasted at yeah, um, for trading yeah, everyone. It's like they're way worse off now than they ever were with AA in the minors. Well, that's the part of this that's really hard for me is when you talk about trades. Mm. I'm like, well, first of all, if you are trying to trade right now, people are going to try to hold you over the barrel and say, no, 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 we're not giving you anything unless yeah. you're giving us something. But what are the Jays supposed to trade? Like, where where are they going to trade from? Yeah, what right. part of their organization yeah. can they lift? Uh, okay. per, they have like a couple of decent prospects, mm-hmm. but that's it. And, you know, I was looking at this. I'm not trying to be too much of a downer today on them. Craig Chapman. The problem is, mm-hmm. though, is, and I, I had uh, my boy Brandon Kuhn reach out to me, who's mm-hmm. really good and yeah. knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this the other day, and he was referencing how when they traded for Chapman, it's not like they gave up a massive haul to get him, and that was with two years of control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the idea. And he's been bad. Although he had a huge bomb yesterday, like it was a huge bomb. But okay, this is just the only thing I'm going to say about the Blue Jays in terms of where they're at right now. Everyone's like, yeah, they're a good team. They're a good team because the record is what it is. And they just swept the Astros and they're, you know, six games over 500. Although they did almost get swept by the Twins, which have been pretty troubling stuff. But they're outside of a playoff position right now. And I don't think that that gets talked about enough because we're in early June, which is fair. But run differential wise, they're worst out of all of the groups. Of teams. And yeah, they've got some on base and some average stuff that they're good. They can't hit with runners in scoring position. They did it on the broadcast yesterday. Arden did it. And he said the thing where he's like, could it be this? Could it be this? Could it be this? And I went, yeah, it could be all those things. Definitely. But so maybe that turns around to a certain degree. But if you just look at who's above them in the wildcard standings is a team that they swept in the Houston Astros. But yeah, Houston's run differentials plus 50 plus 55 Toronto's is plus 24. So, yeah, this series against Baltimore and this now again, although road, you almost feel better about them because they can actually hit home runs yeah. on the regular basis. Vlad can actually hit home runs. Yeah, so. but I, I just, th- there's some stuff where I, you know, I think it's okay to say that this is a good baseball team, that they're probably still underperforming in some regards. But, man, like you look at some of those injuries potentially pile up, like what would this team be if they just lost one of their top guys? Like they lost Brandon Belt in the middle of him looking awesome. And if this is an extended injury. How long is he out for? Well, they don't seem overly concerned about it, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I did think about it. I went, so wait, the guy who was hurt the last couple of years, who's 36 years old, you're leaning on him. Who's the other guy that got hurt? Kiermaier, who was Mm -hmm. hurt last year, who hurt his hip. You know, like you've got some elderly <laughs> fellas who you're leaning on Chris Bassett, same thing to be an absolute stud. So anyway, it's just something to watch out for here over the next little bit. But yeah, they got a, there's a big series against Baltimore, man. They, they got to win this series. I think they got to be way better in the division yeah. and like yeah, all it. the teams that are ahead of them in the standings, like, you know, the Houston's in there, but is it every other team, mm-hmm. AL East teams, mm-hmm. right? Like a, yeah. ahead of them in the wild card. Well, it's no, it's uh, not Houston. Minnesota. Yeah. Houston uh, is ahead of them. And yeah. Minnesota now, uh, isn't when it, uh, Houston is ahead of them in the wild card. Yeah. That isn't leading their division. Cause okay. the Texas Rangers yeah. are leading their division, oh, yeah, yeah. but the Rangers are legitimately good. good. Yeah. Like yeah. this is 41 the, and 23. Yeah, man, this is not a fluky thing that's happening. To them. They're kind of like the diamondbacks of the American league where you go, okay, we're, we're actually seeing enough sample of this now to kind of seem like you are who you are. It doesn't, 
really help that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. still is hot. Like, he still has <laughs> not... Maybe he's just a really good hitter and was hurt all year yeah, last year, but playing it, through a wrist injury. But he has not cooled down, like, at all. Because he's not... He does have his cool... Like, he will have he his month. I know he does, but I'm just like... Hey, can, can you can have, have it? it? Yeah, have it now. Hey, man, can you just have it yeah. so I can sleep at night? Yeah. <laughs> know. You know? know? Can you just have your one cool-off month? Yeah. Because And people go like, oh, you couldn't have him because of the attitude is his. I went, I don't know. Probably could Seems like they still make a lot of mistakes on the bases <laughs> and still seem yeah. to have a little bit of a relaxed but attitude. A good, the but the thing is, it's like you you insulated yourself yeah. with better defenders. Like yeah. you could have no him question about that. in there once a week, have him in there DHing. Like yeah. you could have him in there, mm-hmm. you know, this was always kind of my argument, man, is they traded away one too many right-handed bats and that they could have just used a little bit more. Although now, he's not a power hitter anymore, but yeah, no, they're gone. Curiel's OPS in 895. <sighs> yeah. It's hot. It's really damn good. Mm-hmm. It's a very damn good baseball Significantly player. Better than it was last year. Um, all What's right. Vlad's OPS? Oh, Vlad's it's OPS still decently right high, but it's in the 800s, but, yeah. Vlad's OPS right now is 800. Yeah. Flat. I was going so he's actually starting to 800 flat. That's just going down. It's, it's, starting, weeks. it's starting to trickle down. Dude, he, he's going to go under 7 like under 8. That's really tough. Mm-hmm. He's still got a decent OPS plus, but someone was mentioning to me the other day that his Fangraphs war because of Varsho's defense, there's the same. What? Yeah. And I went Varsho's OPSing under 700. So, I don't know, that might not be confirmed, but <laughs> unconfirmed reports? Yeah. Varsho almost made another nasty play out in the outfield where he jumped up. He's just such a sweet I want to love him so much. So do I, man. But He's it's just, just the hitting this the I, hitting in the trade, it just makes him yeah, impossible yeah, to love. And you're just sitting there going, Ugh! "Yeah. <laughs> so great. Like He's so lot. good that yeah. he tries hard. Yeah. He is a hustler though, yeah. man. Like watching, I've said this many times on the pod. Watching him, the way he hustles on all plays, mm-hmm. I just, there's something about that with professional athletes, man. It's weird to think this way when the guys are all so rich in this modern era, but yeah, seeing guys who just have the, I never turn off the care factor. It's why you and I loved Zach Hyman. Buddy, you know what play with Varsho? I absolutely loved and Buck was over the moon about it too. And every baseball guy was so thrilled about it. <laughs> When he hit that ball that clearly went out. Yes. And, and like, he still rounded he third. Triple. Yeah. He yes. like was on his horse. I was like, oh my yeah. God. Yes, man. Grinder. He, he rounded Cares. to third, just caring, yeah. digging in. Caring hard. <laughs> I know, man. And how many times do guys get out of the box kind of slow, Dogging like pimping it, yeah. it? Yeah. And then sometimes they get tossed out at second base yeah. because they took a horrible. Yeah. You're never going to have no, that with this no, guy. No, no. no. Like, he runs hard. No, he but he will never so hard. not be measured against that trade. No. Which is impossible for his reputation. Which is why it's like, had, Vlad. so he has a higher fan graph. Oh Vlad. my God. Yeah, higher war than Vlad right now. <laughs> Can we end gonna, this podcast? Yeah, no, that's, sad. That's sad, Vlad. Vlad. Vlad's got a point seven currently on the same level as Chris Bassett, Brandon Bell, Alejandro Kirk. Oh my God. And Varsha's got a point eight per fan graphs. Mm. Total war. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I'm sorry that's to bring toughie. that up. That's a toughie. That is a, I'm sorry to bring that that is a rough us. one. I don't really like hearing that. Yep. All right. Oh, wait. Actually, you know what? I have one last one for you, which is the same one because the guy used to deliver. Mm, okay. Hmm? You used to work some deliveries. Oh, I love, you if used there's to, no stigma, I'd still be slamming pies, pal. Okay. So there was a story. Um, an Uber Eats driver, according to the driver, he was low on gas and didn't realize the order was so far away. The driver mm-hmm. asked the Uber Eats customer for gas money. Yeah. Oof. That is a no-go. That you, so eat the driver's oh code. God. I thought maybe you would defend this guy. No, like, there's no defense. Because, yeah, him. Joe, I went, like, this is obviously pretty bad. Yeah. Of the driver to text him, hey, could you send me gas money? Because mm-hmm. you immediately just have to cancel the order and do that. But Yeah. You want the food, though. No, but I was actually going to ask you, um, in the era of Uber Eats, mm-hmm. where everyone does it so often, 
I've mentioned this to you. Like, I feel like people have stopped really tipping on delivery and that it's kind of yeah, because hurt. you don't have to look people in the eye. Yeah, you don't have to look people in the eye, but also you are ordering so often that people are like, yeah, no, whatever, and they and try it's to justify already it. obscenely expensive to order Uber Eats. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I mean. And so I, I don't know. I feel kind of like that's where I was going to go with this guy. Is the, I know the, they the get fuel charges. That. Yeah, but the, the guys do get fuel charges, right? And yeah. but I'd be curious to hear from an Uber Eats driver what they actually make in tips in a night, grinding away across the city and doing really, really tough. I did, I did a bit of skip the dishes during the pandemic. So yeah. like, and did you get tipped? Sometimes, not a lot. But but people hit you with a zero. I've never hit a zero. Yeah, no. there's been oh, there's lots of zeros. Lots of really? zeros. Lots of zeros. Yeah, zero yeah. is a scumbag move. Yeah. I've never hit a zero. Yo, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, and you, you cannot zero. zero. You, you just, know what I do sometimes though? If I have cash, I'll like leave a cash in like a little Ziploc bag and like not tip them on the thing to keep the price down on the actual card. So I'll give them like five or ten bucks in a bag when they you, deliver it. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I do that, but sometimes I'll tip on the. App I just too. like that you don't open the door for them and hand them the fin. No, You're no, just I, just like, put, I put it in a little in a ziploc. Bag take it out there. of the bag. No, I put it in a ziploc. Don't bag look me in the eyes. No, I know, but don't look at <laughs> me. Like how sick is over. how sick is money yeah. in a bag? It's like, oh, that money in a bag yeah, is for me. I guess I would I would say that there might be a double clutch moment though for somebody looking at the yeah. money in a bag. You would uh, be thinking like, oh, that's a trap. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Booby trap. Yeah, could you imagine you take the money in the bag as Uber Eats driver? The guy comes up, what are you doing? my money. Poison dart. That's that's where I keep my money. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, just I don't know. I don't. I think that you just meet them at the door. You always ah, have right, to do right. that. Right. Well, especially since if you're you're giving them cash, yeah. Yeah. that's a nice feeling that you're doing. Yeah, is but that I, don't giving, need, I don't need that recognition. I just so my only move is I'll do the like low tip mm-hmm. if the person starts to do multiple Fair. stops. Then Fair. I'm like, hey, your food's gonna be cold. It's gonna yeah, suck. I was like, you yeah. know what's gonna happen here, and yeah, I could pay for the priority, but whoever thinks to do that, like honestly, it's not even about being cheap most no. of the time. It's just like you order it and then you're like, oh, right, there yeah. is a different way. But yeah, screw you. You're going to make this even more expensive yeah. because I've, have you've noticed now on the app, there's a lot more service fee oh, stuff yeah. hidden in yeah, there now there than is. there used to yeah. be. A lot of places, they, it's so weird because like I'm an Uber One member, not to stunt oh, on everybody. Oh wow, yeah. better than us, Sam. <laughs> yeah, not to, <laughs> not to brag. <laughs> Second biggest brag by a member of the fan today. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, except mine's kind of real. Uh, but so, anyways, I'm an Uber One member, and I pay no delivery fees on everything. Essentially, mm-hmm. although then there are some restaurants that still charge you them, and you're like, okay, well, how does this work? <laughs> but then they go, they hide these fees in the the fee section, and there'll be like four dollar service charges on a lot of places. And I'm like, okay, so this is just a delivery fee that you moved into a different spot and you're hiding it. Yeah. It's a scumbag move. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's kind of tough to also tack onto that. Oh yeah. Bring me my order first when a decent amount of the time it comes first anyways, but I'll low tip if it ends up there. It's a performance based industry, buddy. I've had like when you go, it's like when you go to a restaurant, like I I low tipped the other day at a restaurant. Yeah. Well, if you feel like a bad, but if you get crappy service, then you got a low tip. Like I, I, that's, it's fine. Okay. Who's the bad guy here? That's a good one because I did this. I did this on the weekend. I went to a spot that is fairly popular. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it was, I went early. Okay. Mm-hmm. I went really early. It was 4.30 when I got to Oh the, my God. Yeah. Blue plate special. Yeah. I went to 4.30. Yeah. Okay. I sit in there and I'm like, okay. And I'm there with a friend and we're getting like, yeah. we're And we're spending money, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're getting a bunch of food. Yeah. We're getting apps. Yeah. We're getting drinks, yeah, like yeah. expensive drinks, uh-huh. cocktails. Okay. So... My bill ended up coming to almost $200, okay. and this was only spent in an hour and a half because they have an hour and a half table limit. Oh, my God. Okay? But here's the thing. As popular of a place it is, I'm like, 
I wanted to order, like, we got two pizzas. And I was like, can you stagger these? Because we want to try these, like, yeah, little personal yeah. pan pizzas. So we order the first one. And the, the, the server comes up and is like, no, we have to put all the pizzas in at one time. Because it's, uh, you know, it, because the table limit. And I'm like, okay. And then she keeps coming over and being like, hey, guys, just a reminder. Like, it's an oh, hour and a half. Hey, guys. And like, How many reminders? Like, four. Whoa. Dude, oh, too no, much, too and, much. and, like, I know. Be like, I know. Yeah, and it was just, like, the way it was, like, even when they brought the bill, it was, like, 20 minutes ahead of my table limit time where she was like, hey, guys, like, do you mind settling up now so that, like, you know, because your table's up in 20. Like, that one really pissed me off. But it was just, like, the bar wasn't packed yet. There were still like three or four open tables, yeah. and I was You're like, not "The bad guy." So uh, yeah, I was like, she could have just come up to me and been like, "Hey, listen, there's an hour and a half table limit. So once if we start getting in other reservations, if we ask you to like settle up and leave quickly, like, do you mind doing that or finishing your drink at the bar or something?" No problem. Yeah. I'd have been like, "Yeah, absolutely," and I would have slammed her a massive tip. Yeah. But I, I did my lowest tip. I went 5% on the $200. Oh, you're the bad guy. Yeah. 5% is pretty low. really pissed me off. That's I know. pretty low. It was, I, but it was the way that it was like, yeah, man, like the ultimate coming over, over and over and over again. And then, yeah, just it wasn't good service, man. It was really bad. Five is unbelievable. I know, but it, the, the thing that pissed me off is that there were four tables still like right around us that were open. So and we were both having, you guys are bad. You, yeah. is this, this is a both bad situation. Well, that's what I thought. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Because I was like, I was going to go 10. And then I was like, uh, you know what? I'm really annoyed with this. If like, I, it was a big bill. The lowest, I mean, depends. It, you had, I, I know. Five, I did I'll feel. 15. No, 15 is too good. That's, Way too good for that. That's like the that's like the lowest thing you can give now. No. People get pissed off. 18 is the, 18% is, is the, one is the lowest they always toss on most. On that's, that's what, what I'm mean, saying. I had the to custom go, tip it in yeah. and I almost went to 10%. Yeah. But then I was like, do I really want to tip $20 no. for this? I was like, you get 10 bucks. Like, yeah. like, that's what this was. Like, I'm giving you still $10. Yeah. And I felt the only part I felt bad about, to be honest, is that like the kitchen staff still made the food. Yeah. And that was the part where I couldn't, I, I went, I can't out. sleep at night. Yeah. I went for the tip out yeah. part that it wasn't just the server and yeah. her obnoxious ways. Yeah. But I just kept looking around and thinking like, man, if I was managing this place, I would want the guy who's spending a ton of money to stay happy in his seat. Who's literally ordering, like sucking down these cocktails. Like <laughs> nobody's do you business. Guys, do you guys go above 18? Yeah. A lot of times if yeah. the service is good. If the yeah. service is really good, I go. Above yeah. 18. If the service is great, dude, it depends where the I'm at. The most like, I'll ever go is 20. Yeah. I'm in the same 20, yeah. 21 or whatever nah, it is. I'm, I've never, I don't really ever do the 24 unless it's at a, the only way I'll ever the, do the 24. Worst is going out with a server. And you're yeah, and no. like, you have to give like a 30% tip for it doesn't matter. And 30? Like, no, no. Oh, like, oh I go going out with a server, like Ali's sister's a server and it's like, she's really no, I know. like that. I know every, all of them are, man. And if you st even try to push back like, on you're it, crazy. they act no, as though, hard this work. Yeah. it's like, oh yeah. It's like, you want me to go there and no, carry no. the food out here? Like, yeah, no. come on. I know. It's just, it's, it's, especially when like, that's my thing is I get it when places are busy and I understand that it can be a difficult job and it's a thankless job and that there are people in the kitchen that you don't even see who are working on stuff with your order. And that's what yeah. I always think about when I'm tipping is like, working their that's, that's what off. I mean. If I like the food, I'm yeah. always throwing in the 20 plus percent tip because I'm thinking about the guys that are cooking and working their ass grinding. off and just grinding mm -hmm. back there. That's what I mean. It's hot. And, and it's like, you want to end up with a tip. Out. I actually, the server to me is almost like they're at a baseline thing. They yeah. can only really hurt the number. They yeah. can never really make it go it's up. True. But it's like if the food is the bomb and like it was just like a really pleasurable experience mm -hmm. and the server was good and helpful and they recommended stuff and they actually knew the menu. Yeah. The worst is when you're between two dishes and you're like asking the person like, uh, both are so good. And you're like, come on. Like, <laughs> so, be but, honest. So, but like you ask recommendations, eh? Every once in a while. I never do. 
every once in a blue moon. I go moon, in there but, with a, I go in there with a hard stance, and yeah, I know but I'm a traveler. traveler. But I'm not like you. I go in there with I'm an experiment. I'm gonna. Uh, I I go into places and I want to know what the thing is that they make that's yeah. good. And I I'm a, you know, I'm just a different. I can sniff that dude, out. You're no, but you're a guy whose favorite. Like we can't. We're not supposed to do sponsors, but let's just say, hey, everybody, listen to this podcast. If you think about the most basic pizza. If you think about the most basic coffee, if you think about the most basic burger, like go down the line, they are all Sam McKee's number one listen, go-tos. Listen, yeah, I love them. Yeah, you do. I exactly. Do I'm just saying that I, I, okay, you, I've yeah, said many times, you got a trash mouth and I got a refined palate. Yeah. I'm better than you. It says the guy that mucks poutine in bed. Dude, yes. Oh, <laughs> man, drunk so poutine good. in bed. There's literally nothing it's like so it. Good. But I will say that waking up with a poutine stain on your bed. Move. That's worse than a poo stain. <laughs> like a uh, poutine stain was fully within your control. You yeah. know, like you did that. Like I got to go quickly here. Yeah, yeah we got to But okay. the last food and bed story I'll tell you is like when I was in my mid 20s yeah. at Boxing Day and on Sound, Jason's Pub, like it's like a high, high school reunion. Yeah. One of those times I got extremely liquefied. Yeah. And I woke up and I was like, what's that smell? And there was a slice of barbecue chicken pizza Just, under my oh, pillow. No. Oh, yeah. Under your pillow. <laughs> yeah. And like Whoa. I woke up and I like was like, oh my God, I gotta clean this up for Mary. That's like move, move well. countries. I, like, I had to like clean the sheets before yeah. she got she was like, That's oh. Ke- that's Kendall. That's like that's yeah. full Kendall yes. where yeah. you wake up and you're like, Oh my god, you wake up in the sheets yeah. and you check it and you're like, Oh my god, no. I pooped the bed. <laughs> our boy our boy spoons invented the sleepsa, which is that he would take a pizza to bed with him drunk. And put it beside the bed and basically just like wake up throughout the night and take bites, take bites and eat the pizza like unconscious and wake up with no pizza, uh, which is just an insane gross. move. I got to say that like I haven't had poutine in a really long time. That is an ultimate drunk food, but it's not one that you I can think, really order. I think so. poutine is criminally overrated. Oh, I disagree. Yeah, I love poutine. Yeah. You and your wife actually yeah, made I me a good poutine, poutine I like, one time. I like, like I like the first two bites. No, I'm, I could not disagree. I will say that once you start to get to the bottom of poutine, you The first like, two bites are unbelievable, and the rest of it is mush. No, I, it's a I, mush pie. I actually think that a poutine, though, very much is like if... So for me, I'm not a big cigar smoker. Yeah. And sometimes if I'm smoking like cigars with people, there's a point where I'm like, I'm done with this, yeah. but I'll push past because I don't want to be that guy. I hate cigars. I'll yeah, never, I'm, I'll I'm not a huge cigar guy. That's, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a drunken thing yeah. where you're like, oh, and then someone yeah. does it, and then it's... And I'm there, I'm having the cigar, and I just want to put it out, yeah. and I end up pushing it. through... That face, yeah, and I feel like that's every poutine just I have. Green face, yeah. Where it's like, there's a point. I would say for me, it's three quarters of the poutine is good, yeah. and then once you're into yeah. the bottom quarter, it's, it's like, why are you eating this? Which now? Just feels heavy at that point, dude. Especially when the curds are gone and you're just eating like the gravy. slopped up gravy oh, fries. Yeah, and it's like, gravy. Yeah, it's gravy pig. potato pie. Yeah, the fries. <laughs> the fries are soggy. Yeah, you're a little piggy. Right. You're a cheap piggy. All right, that's a good place to go. All right, subscribe to the podcast. Hit me up if you want to bet on Botano, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.